Movie Podcast. Hello, uh, I'm Gavin. And I'm Ian. And um, yeah, I've, as some of you may know, I've been away for a little while. It's been a while since there's been a podcast with me. Chiran was um, very kind enough to sit in for the last one. Last two. Last two? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that you haven't listened to the last that's two. That's right. No, I have not listened to the that's last where two. I got I'm the sure Chiran did an amazing job. That's where I got the idea to buy McBlankandFries.com. <laughs> and I bought it now, so I'm just going to point it to the website so we can just rotate people in and out. Have you? Did you really buy it? Yeah, I bought it. <laughs> it's like $10. <laughs> it's nothing. What, 10 USD? Yeah. That's no, not bad. Yeah. Not you can bad. buy anything. Like, you can buy just stupid things. There was yeah. a name I mentioned before. I should really buy that. In case. Yeah, yeah, that, the one that you mentioned. You, you yeah, should it, buy that. I should buy that. <laughs> just for just, something. Just, you know, like Don't for say all, what it is. Someone will get it. For all five of you who listen to us, you should know that Ian and I are considering changing the name of our... our but don't worry, we'll have a poll for the three of you. There'll be at least two options. Yeah, so we're just thinking of rebooting, re, you know, rebooting and sort of being re-energized. A dark, gritty reboot of McCap and Fries? <laughs> a dark, gritty reboot. Because <laughs> that's what the people want. Where's the top ten? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been a while. Um, I will still chase down that elusive dream of getting randomers on the podcast and we'll see how that goes i'm sure it'll end horribly i do think it's a in theory it's a good idea there's a lot of things that can go horribly wrong but if i go into it expecting it to go horribly wrong like i mean if, apart from connection problems that's one thing yeah but if the other person's an asshole yeah that'd be fantastic it'd be quite funny actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what this podcast really needs is like a good fight yeah you know there's everyone's always been so nice to each other yeah you know, except the time when Johnny was here and he was just talking about the spirit. Oh, and the last time uh, Chiran brought up Crank again. Oh, he did? Yeah. He's got a real fucking thing for that. Yeah, you know? yeah, he did. Crank and Keanu Reeves. Just yeah. like, th these two things just get him going. What a prick. What a prick. <laughs> so I yeah, know, you've been I, off doing your... I know your, you. You're a massive wank. <laughs> you've been off doing your theater thing, right? Uh, my theater thing and a little bit of film stuff. Okay. Um, I was doing... a. Uh, play called Fat Pig in Singapore and I came back and I was co-directing a pilot called Legend mm. um, which was interesting uh -huh. and uh, and I, after that went back to, went to Melbourne to see my brothers and then turns out I was there at the same time my dad was there and so that was very interesting as well how's Gridiron? Um, Gridiron's good <laughs> Gridiron's good still fucking clueless <laughs> he's good and I was clueless with kid right? yeah then um, I went back to Singapore to to rehearse a show, then went to Macau to perform the show. That was earnest, right? That was important to being earnest uh, for the Macau Arts Festival, uh, which was a great time. Had a really good time. Although Macau, to be fair, if you're not interested in, in um, gambling or hookers, there's really not that much to do. Right. Um, plus, the language barrier is a real problem over oh. there. You, yeah, I mean, it's it's not like it's not like Malaysia and Singapore where there's a big expat community. If there's a big ex ex expat community, I didn't see any of them. Mm. So uh, you you gotta be fairly decent with uh, Cantonese. Or, or Mandarin, one of the two, to sort of get by. Unless you go to like to the sort of like the big hotels, of course they, you know, they all speak English there. But the place that I was in, yeah, English was a real problem. Um, so yeah, I got to brush up on, on my on my Cantonese. Cool. And went to Hong Kong after that, and just for that was pretty much a foodie trip. Just ate a shitload. Nice. Ate, ate a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> ate and, ate and drank a lot in Hong Kong. Hong Kong is a beautiful city. I'd move there in a heartbeat. Yeah. That's my review of, <laughs> of, Hong, Kong. of Hong Kong. I'd move there in a heartbeat. Nice. <laughs> So, uh, before you fuck off on the podcast again, why don't you plug your next show you're doing? Uh, yeah, this will be my... Uh, uh, I won't be doing another podcast with Ian for at least a month. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, tomorrow... Well, yeah, in the next day or two, I, I head back to Singapore to start rehearsals for a show called Red, which is a play by John Logan, who uh, is the writer of um, Gladiator and uh, Skyfall and uh, 
lots of fun stuff. Cool. Um, it, but this it's a really cool play. It won the Tony for best play in 2010, and it's uh, it's it's a two man show. It's about the artist uh, Mark Rothko, and um, it takes place over a two year period uh, of when he was working on the uh, set of red murals that he was commissioned to paint by the Seagram Corporation for the Four Seasons Hotel, and. Um, you know, he he kept. You know, he he gave the money back in the end and kept the paintings. He, really? he, he, ne he never went. He never um, sold out. Sold out. Uh, Spoilers. No, no. I mean, this is all. You know, it's all 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 based on. You know, it's all a true story. Uh, but it yeah, it sort of centers around that particular period, and I think it's going to be a really good show. Cool. Yeah. And that's running in July that'll be in, in Singapore. That'll be July tenth to the thirteenth. Uh, it's just four days, but we're doing eight shows. And what should McGavin Fry's audience members who might attend shout out to? Well, not shout out anything during the show, obviously, but maybe at the end. <laughs> just, uh, just shout out um, video game speed. Mm. <laughs> video game if speed. Any, yeah. If there's any McGap and Fries fans in the audience, like <laughs> at the curtain call, just scream out video game speed. Yeah, that'd be awesome if someone said that. Video game speed! It's like, fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> so if there's any Singapore listeners... <laughs> Do it! Do it! Just I, And get your friend a video, I don't want to see that. <laughs> just scream out video game speed during the curtain call. Please do not do it during the performance. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that'll be uh, 10th to 13th July at the Esplanade Studio Theatre. Cool. Alright, well now get back to our regularly scheduled program. How yes. do we do this again? I think we do news, right? We usually start with news, uh, but if any, uh, before that, if any of you would like to um, send us any emails or whatever, you can email us at podcast at mcgappenfries.com. That's podcast at mcgappenfries.com. There you go. It took Sheeran a while to figure it out. We have to do it twice every single time. <laughs> He probably was really annoyed. Yeah, <laughs> he was a bit ticked off. All right, um, but yeah, we'll be doing. Uh, oh, today reviews. Yes, we should be reviewing. Uh, we'll be reviewing uh, X Men: Days Future Past. Uh, I've got a review of Godzilla and also a review of Tom Cruise's new movie Edge of Tomorrow. Yep, that's good. Cool. So yeah, we'll start. I mean, superheroes are meat and potatoes, and summer blockbusters are also our other meat and potatoes. Yes, yes. So yes. I guess we jump straight off with the and space is also. Our meat and potatoes. Yes, yes. We like our meat and potatoes. We we pretty you know, we we tend to just continually harp on about things that like that we like and we don't really care if anyone else. But the great thing is that they're they're now everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's the, not like it's the, not like we talk about one movie now for a year and the lead up to it. There's like seven or eight at a time yeah, coming I mean, out. What is what is sort of fun is the fact that a lot of the things that we liked years ago, which were at the time quite niche, mm. are now so much a part of the public consciousness that you kind of almost feel a little pissed off because. People who don't know shit about it are like, oh yeah, I like it. I'm like, oh, you weren't there for the bad news. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, fuck you. Well, someone at well, the Escapist website did something on that recently, actually. They were talking about um, with the Power Rangers movie coming along. It could mm -hmm. be the end of our era. Mm -hmm. Because all the people do, making all the decisions to green light like Marvel comic book movies and all that kind of stuff, they all grew up with the shit. Mm -hmm. So it could be that we're transitioning over to the, the dark gritty re reboots of Power Rangers, Power Rangers. or Pokemons yeah, or yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. For some, but for some bizarre reason, when it was when the Power Rangers movie was announced, <laughs> actually, was, I was like, that's quite exciting. <laughs> but do you not remember the no. previous Power Rangers movie? No, I do, I do. It was absolutely terrible. Yeah, but, it was but, a cheap cash in, right? Yeah, but I think that um, if Power Rangers is one of those sort of kitsch. I've developed a fondness for a sort of '90s kitsch. Yeah. You know, it's it's if it's done well, as if they don't take it too seriously, mm. I think it has the potential to be a lot of fun. Like uh, Starsky and Hutch for the nineties. Yeah, it's like uh, have you seen have you seen uh, someone on, on YouTube did this video of um, Pacific Rim done like the opening credits in the style of Power Rangers? Oh really? 
And um, if, I, just, I wish the movie was like that. <laughs> I wish the movie was like that. Watching this actually got me excited for a Power Rangers movie. I'm like, hmm. it's like as long as they, as long as they just send it up a little bit. Yeah. And they, as long as when it cuts from you know them speaking normally and when it does into suits, like the film grain takes a massive degradation, degradation, degrades massively. Yes. That's the main thing. Because, I mean, it was always weird that it was like you're watching a show with teenagers shot in the 90s and then it cuts to film from the 80s being people fighting. Yeah, I, I won't, I won't uh, dismiss a Power Rangers reboot out, completely out of hand. Yeah. I mean, for some bizarre reason, I was like, if they, if they do this properly, this could be a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, I mean, no, no, no chance in hell I'll watch it sober. You know, it's, it is one of those movies that you just go in there completely fucked and yeah. then just like, just laugh. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... But yeah, so the, the, the movies we, we follow and the things we like. Edgar Wright has left Ant-Man. Yeah, this is huge. This is huge. Because he's been attached to the project since 2006. Yeah. Um, and it has been confirmed that he left because of the script rewrites that, yeah. uh, that Marvel... So himself and Joe Cornish have finished off some scripts recently. Marvel were very understanding. I mean, the whole... It wasn't technology holding the background like that. I mean, a lot of the articles and things online have said that Marvel in 2006 is very different from Marvel now. Yeah, yeah. Um, they got someone else to do a rewrite, and yeah. then he got a copy of that. Yeah, and yeah. that was kind of like that was the deal breaker. Yeah, uh, yeah, because they um, they had they had um, asked for a bunch of rewrites, mm. uh, wanting it to be. Uh, there was some question about the the morality of the piece. Mm -hmm. um, I think I think they wanted the the characters' sort of moral motivations to be a bit clearer. Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, in, in Edgar Wright and Joe Cornish's script, it was just a little bit more murky. Yeah, um, which would have been more interesting yeah of course uh but i guess marvel didn't i don't did I they don't, have a comic was it the irredeemable Ant-Man? They, they had some kind of title for a while where he was yeah. like yeah they were playing up the fact that he's a fucking thief yeah well and all, but also ant-man is you know he's, he's a fucking asshole he, well he's, 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 he's hank pym or the, the i don't know much about i don't know much about lang. scott lang, scott lang. I, I, uh, I know i'm more familiar with hank pym but hank pym was a bit of a dick oh he's a total dick yeah, he's, he's like he's you know, just a he's, walking he's a, mess he's a wife-beating asshole wife <laughs> alcoholic as well yeah 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 and he and if you rub him he gets taller that's right um, so yeah, they had issues with that, with the morality of it, and also they had they wanted to they wanted there to be more sort of um, uh, they, they wanted more uh, sort of use of the other characters in the Marvel universe. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and uh, from what I understand, they tried to rewrite according to um, what they asked the, for. What they asked for, and then without their knowledge, this other rewrite this, uh, this other rewrite sort of went in by a, by a low level writer apparently. Yeah. yeah, so that that was the deal breaker, uh, which is very upsetting because I was looking forward to Ant Man specifically because it was Edgar Wright, yeah. an Edgar Wright film. I mean, I mean, like uh, I think Marvel's at, at that point now where you can pretty much put your trust in them. They they know what they're doing. Yes, but that's when there was something about this marriage of talent that seemed really too good to be true. Really cool. Yeah, um, and also, I mean. Having been involved in the project for so long, there's no reason for him to leave unless he's just being treated badly, which really just looks super bad. Really looks horrible on Marvel's part. And the fact I mean, you don't you don't know how much of it is Marvel and how much of it is Disney. Yeah. You know, uh, because Disney, you know, evil fucking corporation. Yeah. Um, and also sneaking this out on a weekend of a memorial bank holiday weekend in the U.S. I mean, that's people shouldn't know by now. If a press release comes out on a Friday afternoon or something like that, it's not. You know, you don't bury it. No one buries anything these days. Everyone's going to see it eventually. You can't bury it. No, and um, it's just it's it's a you know a new feature we're going to do this one time and then the next time we do a podcast. Um, film screw Fridays because it's Friday. Um, there was a video clip one of our friends put up online that I watched and just 
It's a thing. There's two clips recently. Was one was Red Letter Media did their Star Wars: Revenge of the Sith movie mm-hmm. review, which mm-hmm. is an hour and a half long. Mm-hmm. The review of the movie is an hour and a half long. If you've not heard of Red Letter Me- Media, go look at their Mr. Blinkett reviews. It was only their third review that the Revenge of the Sith review, where he pointed out that every piece of dialogue in Star Wars is de- delivered while someone's sitting or standing, or sometimes they stand up in the middle of sitting, walk to the window, walk back, and sit down again. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> how you, many times have you seen this movie to realize that? I hadn't. No, no, That's what I'm saying. Like, I just know, like, this movie, I, I was at, this movie's boring. I was paddling in the shallow end. This guy's gone to, and then he showed a fuckload of clips. And if they are walking, they're walking in a very rigid area because they've only got a small green screen ramp to do it on. Yeah. And when you realize that, you're like, holy fucking shit, yeah, no one's doing anything in all the scene. Um, so watch out for that but for the Edgar Wright thing this guy on uh, Vimeo if you look for Tony Zhao Z-H-O-U Edgar Wright how to do visual comedy once you see them all all the little quirks and twigs that he, that he does but codified into categories and then put together mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah it's obvious why don't more people do that mm-hmm. and he's yeah. talking about American movies like um, oh, there's one with Sandra Bullock and there's a few there's like old schools in there and a few other ones mm-hmm. oh, Anchorman 2 as well mm-hmm. it's like these are mostly recorded ad libs yeah. Whereas we know Edgar Wright's awesome because of his referential things, for example, the whip pans yes. and the uh, the crash zooms for the Evil Dead style stuff. Yeah. But this guy puts breaks it down to like you know having something entering the frame weirdly, or having something leaving the frame, such as when you know Sean a phone is produced to his right. Yeah. yeah, yeah the yeah. framing stays the same. His yeah. phone just comes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he breaks it down like that, it's one of those things like it's so obvious. Why did I ever think of it that way? Um, but it's kind of it's cool to look at Edgar Wright how to do visual comedy have a look at that as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, back on the news front though straight after or around the same time that that broke uh, Drew Goddard Drew Goddard left to their devil that's fucked up and, uh, and uh, just as a side note they, uh, Daredevil has been cast yeah Charlie uh, Cox yeah I, this guy does not look like Daredevil to me if he, you don't know he, him he does not look like Daredevil to me either no um, I mean I, I, I haven't seen Boardwalk Empire but you have um, seen Stardust? But I've seen Stardust. So yeah. he was the male he hero was the lead. in Stardust. He was the lead, he was the lead hero in Stardust, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I'm looking, there's a photo of him I'm looking at here. I think it's off the Latino Review website. He's just, it's him in the suit. And he's got a high forehead and he looks maybe a bit more like a younger Bruce Willis kind of thing, but he's very slight. He's got a weird nose. I had noticed the weird nose. Yeah, he's got a weird nose. He's got a weird face. I don't like his face. <laughs> <laughs> you want to take his face off. Off. <laughs> <laughs> Just Ben Affleck's more of a daredevil than this guy. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't look like a daredevil to me. Well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how. We'll Maybe see it's his TV acting go. chops. Probably, probably. Or he's cheap. Probably. probably. <laughs> we Marvel likes cheap. Marvel does like cheap. Uh, but either way, I I'm still looking forward to uh, the Netflix series. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Drew Goddard left. No, nope. some guy denied. I don't know. I can't. No one seems to listen to like. Drew Goddard, Drew Goddard, who did, you know, Cabin in the Woods and was involved in Cloverfield, I think, was he as well, no? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, he wrote Cloverfield. Yeah. And, and this uh, guy, Stephen DeKnight. He directed Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. And Stephen DeKnight, is it? Is it yeah, uh, I think that's his name, but uh, he's got a Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, background. Stephen DeKnight. Yes. How, and it's with a K in there, how yes. else? <laughs> uh, he's, uh, he, he's, uh, he's a Buffy alumni. Oh, okay, that might work out. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there was no reason given, right? No. Yeah, there was no reason given for this. But um, Drew Goddard is also... Uh, it's possible that it might have... Um, he might have just gotten uh, an offer he couldn't refuse from Sony because he's supposed to be directing Sinister Six. Yeah. So it's possible that that might have been a reason. Yeah. 
I haven't seen it. Uh, I haven't seen it. I don't give a shit. Everyone's basically, yeah. I don't give like, a shit. Like, it's supposed to be okay, but just, uh, like, Rhino turns up for, like, Rhino's kind of shoehorned in, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, Chiron was bitching a little bit about that. Oh, he saw it? Uh, I think it was Chiron who was bitching about that. He was, like, saying something along the lines of, like, why do you get Paul Giamatti, one of the one of the greatest actors out there, to go in there just to say one stupid fucking line? I'm the Rhino, right? So I've heard someone say this online as well. Something like that, you know. But um, I just, you know, I, I've, I've told you this before. I, I just, I've lo- I just have no no interest in, in the Spider-Man franchise at the moment. Mm. You know, I think um, Sam Raimi did enough. Yeah. You know, um, and if you want to continue the story, fine. But the idea of like making me watch this guy become Spider-Man again, yeah. just fuck me up. It's like we don't need everyone knows. Yeah. You know, like my my fucking two year old niece knows. Fuck, knows Batman nineteen eighty nine did it. Starts the movie. He's fucking Batman. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. He's dude in the rooftop. Yeah. Well, up until Batman Begins, <laughs> there was never an original story. Yeah. Well, there was, was a was, flashback. I think that was always the great thing about Batman is yeah. that you never saw him as a kid. You never saw him trained to become this badass. Yeah. You know, it's that that was why Batman Begins was like holy shit. The story's never been told before. <laughs> the untold story. Uh, well, that's actually that was the that was the, the tagline right for the Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man movie, which turned out to be bullshit. Yeah. I mean, it's a hard thing. What we were talking about earlier as well, like you know the the generational thing. Yeah. Uh, there was an article someone wrote about the X-Men about hoping that like, okay, great, you've done Days of Future Past. Yeah. Which we'll get to later. But now, and I, I was thinking this afterwards, I was thinking the same thing. Now just fucking do X-Force. Or fucking throw in, you know, after Apocalypse, you could probably throw in X-Force because they're supposed to be the anti-Apocalypse squad or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, start plumbing the weirder depths of the universe instead of, like, with a Spider-Man one, like, take him out of fucking high school. Mm-hmm. Like, get him working in the planet for a while or, you know, do the fucking clone saga. Why the fuck not? It's dumb. Yeah. But yeah. it's something that happened. Like, there are, these characters progress. Yeah. And if you just keep doing reboots, it's like, oh, that's, and that's the, uh, X-Men is the first, I think, on-screen cinematic universe you know, reboot. Just because Stan Lee was the first writer to work on the book doesn't mean he was the best writer to yeah. work on the book. You know I mean? There have been a lot of really great arcs, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, even, even the fucking, the, 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 the Craven arc is, is very cool as well. It's where Kree gets sick, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there's so many cool things that have happened. Yeah. Even, even the McFarlane years, you could come up with some crazy shit, yeah. you know? <laughs> oh one other thing I forgot to mention for uh, Film School Fridays have you seen this uh, I'll put the link in the trailer this uh, fan made Akira mm-hmm. that like made select scenes from the whole the whole plot no 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 just a group of kids did it it looks badass like it's in English but they're all Asian right right it's right. kind of weird but they have the bike and it's you've seen the, the trailer for uh, Kung Fury right for what Kung Fury Kung Fury, no. Yeah. It's in the last podcast. Go listen to the last right, podcast. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. The trailer notes are there as well. But it's it looks amazing. That looks amazing. But this looks like, it looks really, it's like, you know, hyper. It's that kind of stylized that you do on the cheap, cheap where you do like, hey, you do high def video, but you make it look like 80s video kind of thing, or there's loads of lens flare, but it looks actually okay. It doesn't look like you're overdoing it. Um, so just Google the Akira project. You'll find that as well. It's just, again, these guys did it in their spare time or something like that. And uh, it's awesome looking. Right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, so what was the other Marvel news? Was there other Marvel news? No, uh, that was pretty much. But I mean, like, uh, since you t- brought up Daredevil and how Ben Affleck's a better Daredevil, I mean, this is kind of old news, but we haven't talked about it. Is the new Batsuit? Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. I don't know if you and Sheeran mentioned it. No, we? actually, we had It wasn't that by then. I yeah. think it came out. I think he'd shown the car at that point, but he right. hadn't shown because it was on the Monday he posted the picture of the facade of Batman. Right, 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 right. <laughs> if you haven't seen it by now, it is Batman looking at his car going, oh, I chipped it. 
It is a very sad picture. It's, and it's but, been it's been touched up so many times. Have you seen the versions where I saw a really good one earlier where they basically colored it in to look like the Adam West suit, but they put the red trim on the car, like the orange trim from the '66 Batmobile. No, no, I haven't seen that. That's kind of. I've cool. seen some of them. Some of them are quite funny. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, how do you feel about it? Um. It looks like Catman. From this, he's in the Sinister Six at some point, right? As Catman is Catman DC. Catman's DC, right? Yeah. Suicide Squad. Yeah. Yeah. It's the alliteration gets me every time. It was an asinine thing. I never remember. Oh, but I mean, I, I, I mean, people should be happy. This, this is this is Frank Miller's Batman. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. It's Zack Snyder's ba- Frank Miller's Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, like, uh, it's it's Dark Knight Returns. It's yeah. the suit from Dark Knight Returns, and I'm just like, as far as I'm concerned, I'm like, if you're if you're still gonna fucking complain, just go <laughs> fuck yourself. I just like the, what, the, what, the what, short what, ears what? look weird though. I find the short like I said, he looks like Catman is a character from the DC universe yeah, as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. He does have shorter ears. The, yeah, the short, the, the short ears. It didn't bug me. I think yeah. it looks great. Yeah, but he looks, looks fucking. He looks jacked. Fucking built. <laughs> <laughs> He's been doing some serious it's like, steroids. It's like boy's been working out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like fuck this. He looks bigger than Henry Cavill. I was like, yep. And I was right. The chin is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> He's looking down. I just you can he, still see it. The angle's weird though. He does like someone. I think someone. What, what was the one I, I posted on Twitter about? Nailed it. It was him and oh, Satiano sitting on the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking yeah. at each other. I was like, it's my sandwich. You can't have it now. <laughs> Satiano taking the sandwich off Sad Batman. Yeah, but um, no, I, I think it looks great. I think it looks great. It um, looks great. The problem is that you have Frank Miller as Batman in a movie where they've cast Cyborg. Yes. That's the weird dissonance that's going on in my brain. I don't quite understand how those things go together. Because well, it takes a whole movie to do Frank Miller's Batman vs. Superman fight. Well, they're not... They're not. That's not what they're trying to do. This yeah. is not Frank Miller's Batman. And, and Zack Snyder has said this. You still yeah. haven't seen The Dark Knight Returns animated, have you? No, I haven't. I haven't. Okay, then. You know, I read the book. Yeah, well, I, I, fucking, I, I, you, I think like reading the book is like ranks higher than watching the fucking cartoon. Well, I, it's totally a companion piece, dude. Well, that's what I've been told. I've heard it's very good, but you know, fuck it, man. I got shit to do. <laughs> I don't jack off to Keanu Reeves. I jerk off to porn like normal people. Ah. Wait, where were we? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Batman. It's awesome. Yeah. Then, I, then I say things like, oh, now, what a lovely tea party. <laughs> um, Did I ever tell you the... I, I hate pitching on the post-podcast, but I do tell a lot of them because I work at home on my own. It stops me from going crazy. Um, the Fat Man on Batman where Kevin Smith interviews Diedrich Bader because Diedrich Bader is Batman in the Brave and the Bold cartoon. Uh, yes, you did tell me about that. And his, he, he does these five, ten minute long introductions, and the first, it's all about, oh, what a lovely tea party, and Diedrich Bader came up with that. Yeah, 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 yeah from, um, Which is perfect. Yeah, I think Marvel are kind of in that period now where Pixar, Pixar pre-cars, where they have done a great job, but they could easily fuck it up. So, it's a worry. And hopefully the corporate, evil corporate or- overlords don't uh, screw it up. Well, the problem is is that it's so clearly a Justice League prequel as opposed to being a Man of Steel sequel now. Yeah. Um, I mean, the title alone, you know... Oh, God, that as well. Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. <sighs> Someone um, said it's a V, not a VS. I was in another podcast and it's just like, oh, like lawyers? <laughs> they actually fight it out in court. Well, my, my, my issue with the... My main issue with the title, actually, is the fact that Batman... Gets is is Batman comes before Superman because hmm. it's a Man of Steel sequel. It's a Man of Steel sequel. Yeah. you know, so it should be. That's also a very comic booky. Like it's a three issue miniseries with Matt Wagner. 
Yeah. It's not... Which is great, I mean. Trinity's fantastic, the book he did with uh, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that book. But um, it's not a movie title. Dawn of Justice is almost bad as The Phantom Menace. It's, it's almost like a... You know, it's, it's like right out of their DVD animated playbook. Yeah. yeah. Which are all great, but they're all just like, okay... They're not, all, they're not all great. Okay, they're not all great. Flashpoint was really good. I think, you know, I think, I, I think, you know, New Frontier was just so awesome that since then we've just assumed they're all awesome. No, I've seen all of them, I think, except some of the, I, I get all the Green Lantern ones confused because they're just... They're How was Son of Batman? Was that alright? Yeah, it was alright. I liked the, the run. I mean, I, I found a comic book shop in Hong Kong because I couldn't find one here at the time. Or I was buying uh, Grant Morrison's run at the time he introduced me. Right, right. So right. I, it worked really well, actually. And some of the changes they made were pretty cool. Because Deadshot's it. Deadshot, I can never remember. Was it the dead, dead, death? Death? There, he, who's the guy in Arrow? With the orange and black mask? Deathstroke. Deathstroke, yeah. There's Deathstroke, and then there's... I think Deathstroke's in, in Son of Batman. But that's the thing. They're forgettable. Right. A lot of them are. They kind of just melange into more of that stuff. Like, I remember episodes of the Justice League Limited cartoon more mm-hmm. than I do that. Um, did you see the Batman 75th anniversary shorts? No. They were... Whatever. Like, it doesn't look like, you know, it looks like you just threw this, you know, one's got Batman Begins, older, Batman Begins, Batman fighting robot, young Bruce kind of thing. But it's like, this doesn't scream to me a special edition that you do for the 75th anniversary. Right, right. This is like a DC Nation short. Mm, interesting. Mm. But yeah, Donna Justice is just, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, you can talk all this shit, but you're still going to be first in line to see the fucking movie. You forgot, there was some other news broke since the last podcast as well, which, you know, was the second proper trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Which yeah. is it's, which is our limit now. Two trailers, that's it, we're out. Yeah, yeah, we're not watching any more trailers. And I love the choice of music again, Spirit in the Sky, can't go wrong. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very excited for this film. I'm worryingly excited for this film. Hmm? Worryingly excited for this film. Like, if it, if it, if it sucks, it'll, or if it's okay, Yeah. It, you know, I want to come out of this punching the air. I, 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 I want to be like, I want to be like Bender at the end of The Breakfast Club. No, I want, th- I want this movie to either be amazing or horrible. My biggest fear is that it's going to be just okay. Yeah. You know, that, that's my, my, that's my big fear is that I'm going to walk out of it going, I've, I'm kind of indifferent to that. Yeah. You know, but it doesn't look like the kind of movie you're going to be indifferent to. No. You know, it, it, it looks book fucking same. It looks like the kind of movie you're either going to love or hate. Yeah. Um, and that's good. You know, and, and it also boggles the mind, like, maybe... How can you, you There's know, no you, Iron Man in it. What? How? How does this tie in with stuff? No, no. I mean, like uh, in light of Edgar Wright leaving Ant Man, you're just like, well, they, they, they seem to have given James Gunn shitloads of leeway. Yeah, but you've read the comics, right? Yeah, and it's, they match up a bit, right? Yeah, they match up. Yeah, yeah, they match up. I mean, they even you saw the head from nowhere. Yes, that was uh, no, no, no. I was very happy about that. So does that mean we're gonna see the fucking dog? Does that mean we're gonna see what's the dog's name? Ah, oh, damn it. What dog? No, the the guy who runs um. Uh, the guy who the guy the guy who oh there's the, there's a cosmonaut dog Co- Cosmo 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 the cosmonaut dog yeah 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 that'd be that'd be cool I hope he's there <laughs> I forgot I hope about he's there. and I hope Peter Stormare is doing the voice <laughs> <laughs> we need a Russian get Peter Stormare is he Russian who gives a fuck he wasn't Armageddon right yeah yeah he's he's almost always playing a fucking Russian <laughs> or nihilist or German yeah that's right that's right yeah he's the go-to guy for foreign yes. We need, we need, we need someone, but, but, but white foreign, not Asian foreign, no. white foreign. Yeah. Get Peter Stormare. John Cho's busy. And Michael Nyquist, he's also the guy that people are calling as well. Who's Michael Nyquist? The, uh, the, the male lead from the girl with the dragon tattoo, the original. Oh, yes. He's, he, he was the villain in, um, uh, Mission Impossible Ghost, Ghost Protocol. He, oh. He's also the go-to. I still haven't seen that. He's also the go-to guy now, like, we need someone foreign. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, Peter Stormare is busy. Get Michael Nyquist. Well, it's actually Michael Nyquist because you know 
Well, you know, I, I watched the original, and you know, I've been to Sweden. Fuck you. <laughs> First person I've ever met who's bragged about that. <laughs> <laughs> Had a good time. Like, I've been to Sweden. Fuck you. I've been to Sweden so many times it's ridiculous. That's that should be on your headstone when you die. <laughs> he lived as he died. Yeah. He went to Sweden. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Guardians looks cool. Um, other news that came out recently as well. Um, it's official now. Stargate's coming back. So Stargate, Stargate's my what I'd say. Guardians of the Galaxy. The same feeling going off the trailers that I had when I went to see Stargate and it came out. Going, yeah. really? I yeah. love Stargate. Really? The movie? Yeah. yeah. I no, it. I expected so much more. You see, I didn't expect anything. Yeah, I went in expecting awesome. I, it was one of the first movies I would I, see on my own. I actually hadn't seen um, I, much uh, about Stargate when it came out. I, I, I went to see it for two reasons. Kurt Russell, James Spader. Yeah. In a sci-fi movie together, I have to watch this. Yeah. Um, and any time any one of those two actors appears in anything remotely sci-fi, I have to see it. Mm. You know, it's like, I even watched Supernova, that piece of shit film that, that, that James Spader... <laughs> James Spader's the lead in a sci-fi film? I have to see this. Yeah. You know? Who directed that again? Uh, Walter Hill. Walter Hill. But, um, you know, Alan Smithy. It's not Alan Smithy movie. Oh, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. If, under the credits, it's been... It, uh, it's directed by a Thomas Lee. That's Thomas Lee does not exist. Ah. It was directed by Walter Hill. But yeah, it's Dean Devlin. With reshoots by Francis Ford Coppola. It's, uh, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich doing it again. It also said that... Uh, I never saw the TV show. Did you see the TV show? Yes. Was the TV show good? It was a lot of fun because for a while it was MacGyver in space. Mm -hmm. And they went to a lot of planets that looked That's like... That's right, like, it was uh, Richard Dean Anderson. Yeah, they went to a lot of planets that looked like Vancouver in space. <laughs> Which was cool. And, um, and they built they built their own separate mythology. One of the great things they did, I think I mentioned before, is like they'd introduce you know it was a it was a Planet of the Week show, so your Monsters of the Week. But then after a while, they actually got inventive with it, went back to those Planets of the Week, right. and they built their own mythology and world and everything like that. And then they went to the far like they built some little kind of mysteries about you know why there are only eight gate symbols, and then they got nine, and that was a spin-off show. Right. And then the last show, Stargate Universe, was some fuckers got caught and they ended up gating onto a spaceship that's really far away and getting even further away and they just didn't survive. And it was a very different show. So that got cancelled before it's time. But yeah. yeah, seeing these guys go back to it, I'm like, okay, what? Yeah, I mean, the uh, for those of you who don't know, the original Stargate movie came out in 1994. Whoa. Yeah, it was a while ago. And um, and now... It's 20 the, years the fucking old. The original uh, director and uh, producer of the film... It's old enough to drink now. Yes, it is. Uh, there, this reboot will kick off a new trilogy for MGM because MGM just loves their fucking trilogies. Yeah, and that, I mean, because they're already that, that was the other thing that came out in the press release was that uh, how does this affect the Independence Day sequel? Mm -hmm. And uh, which no one wants. No, it's called Independence Day. The aliens going to invade the same day again? Or? It's like why? 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 Who needs? Who is? Who is asking for? But Emmerich is also in pre-production on ID Forever Part One and Part Two back-to-back -back sequels. ID what? Right. Independence Day uh, forever. I mean, you just noticed that in the press release. It's, it, they got the two of them. So they will shoot back to back before cameras start rolling on Stargate. Are you serious? Yeah. And this is while Devlin is prepping his own directorial debut, Geostorm. Oh, God. What is this fascination with... Storms? With just like natural disasters. Have you seen... There's a trailer in cinemas now for a film called Into the Storm. Uh, yes, yes. Which looks like it should be on Sci-Fi yeah. Channel. Like it's just a whole load of storms. There's no actors that name mentions. I keep meaning to look up who the fuck's in it, but I keep forgetting because the trailer's so forgettable. Uh, no, no. Um, uh, Thorin is in it. Richard really? Ar Richard Armitage. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. In, you know, like he must have done that in, in between, you know, pickups. Yeah. 
<laughs> so that's just. Oh, speaking of, uh, th- this is also because it's been so long. So, uh, did you did you and Sheeran cover the new title of the the, the third Hobbit movie? Uh, I think we might have, but it's like it's why it's now the Battle of Five Armies. Yeah. So, yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> it's a battle movie. Peter Jackson's gonna go crazy with the CG again. Yeah. Oh, he's pretty good at it, though. He was the one who kind of brought in. Like, I mean, you, you still look at the fighting where you look at you know the old movies. You can't see there. It's not just you know repeating. And no, I, I recently saw the um, the the barrel sequence from Desolation of Smog again, and it is amazing. Yeah, it, it is amazing. It's an amazing piece of. It's an amazing sequence. Yeah. Is it the same as the book? No, but no. who cares? Yeah, it's fun. Oh, the Guardians thing as well. We actually considering how much we mocked Ronan the Accuser. Yeah, he looks pretty badass. He actually looks pretty cool. <laughs> and he, he looks like the comic. He is a dude in a, in, a, yeah. in a hoodie. Yeah, yeah. A metal hoodie with a hammer. No, I mean, but that's the thing about Guardians is like how much it looks like the comic. And that in itself is crazy. Yeah. It's like Drax looks like Drax. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still don't think Bradley Cooper is the right choice for Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, I think an older voice. An older voice. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell yeah. all the way. What about Groot? Kurt Russell or fucking Clint Eastwood. What did you think of Groot? I think Vin Diesel said it fine. Yeah, I mean, the line that's in it is kind of questioning. I am Groot. I am Groot. Yeah, it's not really a, I'm Groot. You know, you want it, when, it, when, it's, when he's, gonna, when he's pound, pounding someone's head in or something like that, when he yeah. says it, that's when it'll, that'll, that'll sell it or not. Well, if they follow the comics, that should be his only, his only line. Yeah, it's only line. And so it's, he's got to come up with different ways to say it. You know, so Vin Diesel can push himself as an actor. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what he's all about, pushing himself. Yeah. That'll be the dog. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we don't, we, don't co- we don't cover anything up here. Yeah. It's all real. Anything. It's, Fuck that shit. It's real life as it's happening. Right here, right now. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. The other thing, on the red carpet for the X-Men Days of Future Past. Yep. Laurel Donner Schuler, I want to say. Schumer? Lauren Schuler Donner. Schuler Donner. You know me in Triple Bell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, she mentioned that Channing Tatum is Gambit. Yes, he's confirmed as Gambit. They'll and, introduce uh, him in Apocalypse and they'll follow up with his own spin-off. Yeah, and uh, Channing Tatum was... Um, was interviewed, I think, at Cannes because he was there for Fo- Foxcatcher. Oh yeah, and uh, he said he can't wait to do it. Cool. And I can't. I don't blame him. <laughs> it's just the '90s. I was realizing this about Venom as well as Gambit. I mean, the look. Yeah. To be fair, the X Men movies have strayed a lot from the look. There was that extras on the Wolverine where they saw the Wolverine suit. Yeah. The brown and yellow. It was like. It doesn't look too bad in the box. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can't do whatever that head thing was that Gambit had on that kind of like no, reverse mask thing. No, you can't. You can't. Coat like can't. No, he's gonna, a gym instructor in a trench coat. I am very interested to see how they approach the character visually. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right, moving on then. So we'll be reviewing Godzilla later. Uh, Gareth Edwards has been tapped to direct the first Star Wars spinoff. Yeah. Although we don't know what that will be. No. I hope to God they leave the originals well enough alone and just do like Tales from the Frontier. I, I mean, I hope that they don't focus on any of the major characters. So like, you know, if you want to do like a, like a Boba Fett story or something. IG-88 the movie. You know, yeah. <laughs> Go right ahead. But I do not want to see... How Bosk got his groove back. Yeah, I, you know, something like that. Yeah. I, you know, like, I'd love to see a movie... Uh, uh, I'd love to see a movie spin-off of um, that, ro- that robot bounty hunter. That's IG88. IG88. The guy with the tall head. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'd love to see that. Like, he's not just mincing around being all po- protocol droid. Or like, how did he get to be a badass bounty hunter? Or should it just be about the bounty hunters? Yeah, just, yeah, all, it's all those. Oh, yeah, or it's IG88. You it's know, basically leave the three, leave the three main ones alone. Leave, leave, leave Luke Skywalker alone. Leave yeah. Han Solo alone. Leave Leia alone. Yeah. You know. Um, what? Where are you going? Look, you get, you get 
Oh, right, right. Already? Okay. He's got to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my father-in-law. Say hi. Say hi. Say hi. Hi. Say hi. Hi. It's a mic. We're recording this. Oh, hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Real life as it happens. Not only are you going to leave that in, I'm going to edit it in harder. <laughs> Say hi, damn it. Like, I want, yeah, you want to basically do 12 Years a Slave with IG-88 fighting to be like a free man, free droid. That sounds amazing. <laughs> 12 years of droid yeah there's so many options there's so many things you can do it's the Sarlacc movie it's like it's a weird that'd be another spin-off what's the guy Terrence Malick does the Sarlacc movie it's just three hours of the Sarlacc and some sand blowing over it if, you, if any of you want yeah, know, if any of you want to know what Terrence Malick's uh, Jurassic Park will look like just watch Tree of Life so I've heard there is a dinosaur sequence in there Apparently, one of the actors got stuck in the dinosaur mouth making the new Jurassic Park movie. Oh, really? Yeah, they, I don't want to say. I can't remember who it was, but I I don't want to say who it was because it is kind of spoilery. But one of the female actors got stuck in there for a couple of hours. The hydraulics failed. Right, right. So it's spoilery in the sense that means she dies. I, I'm not sure. She might get out. I'm not 100 sure. But she how got do you caught. get out? <laughs> you know, you fucking wedge something in there. You get a you get a sarlacc bone. You cram it in there. Not a Sarlacc, uh, was it Ron a Rancor kid? movie. Was it Ron Howard's kid? Doesn't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing about the Star Wars thing, though, is that Gary Witt is involved, and he's on a podcast uh, for a website called Tested.com. Like, he just knows those guys, because he's the, the editor of PC Magazine, mm -hmm. which shows that you can go from lowly magazine writer to film writer. He wrote the Book of Eli. Mm -hmm. He was involved in After Earth, mm -hmm. but he was just, like, writing down the ideas that Will Smith had, so I yeah. can't blame that all on him. Book of Eli's all right. Um, Although After Earth is atrocious. Did you watch it? I uh, could not. I could tried to watch it. <laughs> I tried to watch it. I switched it off after 10 minutes. Yeah. I could not watch it. It was painful. Fuck. You can watch some shit. But yeah, that's, uh, that sounds cute. I mean, I do have this fascination with wanting to watch really bad films. Like, anytime anyone tells me this movie's atrocious, you want to see it. I really want to see it. Yeah. Well, that's because you got to always live up to the edict. I think it's Mark Promote on BBC Radio says, like, this may be the worst film you've ever seen. But you're giving it like I cannot wait for the new Transformers because you brought up promote. Yeah. I cannot wait for the new Transformers movie yeah. simply because I cannot wait for his review. Have you you've been listening to some of his stuff? Been, I've been listening to a lot of his stuff. The, his I mean, Transformers reviews are amazing. The, 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 they're so he well known. He hates Michael Bay yeah. so much. I keep, but he's <laughs> but he's always very eloquent with it. And the, the 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 thing he's done now, I need to tweet them again because he's banging the fucking table. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, when yeah. I'm at home, because there is a lot of construction going on in my building. But when I'm at home, it's like someone's in the back room jumping on my bed. It's yeah. that noisy. But yeah, they call him a Carmodian rant. He goes uh, ape shit on certain... I mean, but he's, he's kind of mellow since he hit 50 because it's like, we've been down this road before, you know? Yeah. There's only so far you can go with giving out about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, we'll get to Gareth Edwards in the Godzilla review because he is an interesting director. Yeah, uh, There's yes. some things in Godzilla which are very, very clearly doing Spielberg in a way that hasn't been done in a while, which I really quite like. There's a few moments that are very Spielbergian. Right. Um, but also... Yeah, the other thing that happened is that his, this guy, there's a clip online with Mark Mode of him interviewing Gareth Edwards and going to his bedroom where he has the laptop that he did all the effects for his previous movie, Monsters. Mm -hmm. The making of Monsters, you haven't seen that yet, right? I still haven't seen Monsters. The making of that movie is insane. I think the most they ever had on the crew was 10 people, two actors uh, and the crew. Basically, they made it up, like they had an idea what they were doing and they just told the actors to go at it. And anyone who's around or shooting in Mexico, mm -hmm. anyone who's around, I didn't shoot in Mexico, somewhere else in South America. Mm -hmm. Anyone who's around, they just used. Anything that happened in the background, they used that as well. So they didn't pre-plan anything. 
And then once he shot like about a couple of weeks worth of footage, he went back to his bedroom, edited it into a film, and then did all the special effects himself. Jesus. So you should take a look at Monsters. It's really cool. And now... No, I've been wanting to. I've been wanting to. It's just one of those movies that just fell through the cracks. Yeah. And if you look on YouTube, there's a clip of... If you look for Mark Kermode Monsters, you'll see a clip of him meeting him and explaining how he did the effects on his own. Uh, he used to do the effects on other movies as well. But there's a sequel to Monsters coming out now as well. Yes, and yes. It's I called Monsters that. Dark Continent. So I think it looks like it's in the Middle East somewhere. And uh, the director is Tom Green. Not that one. Okay. But he's the guy who directed the Channel 4 series Misfits, the superhero, the Asbo superhero movies, or TV shows. Mm-hmm. Which, if you haven't seen, they're pretty good. Some of those actors have gone on to be in uh, great things. Uh, one of the guys is in Game of Thrones at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the other guys was in the Nicolas Cage movie about the witch. What's that called? Uh, Season of the Witch. Season of the Witch. Yeah. Um, he kind of left the show to go do that, so... <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> Dumbass. Don't, but, uh, don't leave any show yeah. to do a Nicolas Cage movie. No. <laughs> But it, the, the trailer for this looks pretty cool. There's two trailers. The first one just shows like dump trucks carrying away. Because the monsters in that are really squiddy. Right, right. They're really gross and weird. Mm-hmm. And it just shows dump trucks driving them away and then some squaddies turning up. But there's a new trailer which is kind of channeling Apocalypse Now with lots of helicopter shots. A really bad dude spoken word rapping. Yeah. And uh, some of the monsters, a bit more action going on. It looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It looks like, you know, Iraq, but instead of fighting the, you know, insurgents, you're fighting giant Cthulhu-esque monsters. So, a bit of a step up, but it looks kind of cool. Mm. Another director story. Uh, saw this news on Badass Digest and the guy was losing his mind. Star Trek 3 has its director. Is it Roberto Orchi? Yes. Yeah. And who has never actually directed, directed a film yes. in his entire yes. life. He's never directed anything. No. no. He's, been, he's been involved in TV shows, but that's it. He never yeah. directed an episode. Yeah. Um, he was involved in... Um, as, as a writer in uh, both the uh, Star Trek, the first, Star, the first yeah. two Star Trek movies, and the Transformers um, movies, and also he's also uh, uh, the two of them were also very much involved in Fringe. Yeah, um, and um, and he was one of the writers on the second Transformers movie. Yeah, uh, but let's not talk about that. Um, the racist one, right? Yes, <laughs> the racist, sexist, fucking yeah, all all of the above. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Me too. It's just, if you ever look, we get a lot, I get a lot of my news from Badass Digest and Devin Fretch used to go over there and he yeah. was losing his fucking mind over this. Like, he was ranting on it by the way on Twitter. Apparently, he was saying that uh, Archie had kind of poo-pooed anyone else who came in for the job or kind of sabotaged them so that he'd get it. So he could get the job. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you've got to have a good well, idea. You know, I mean, sometimes... And they've got a support team around you Sometimes well. you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. You know? And maybe he just felt very strongly that he needed to make it. Sometimes you need to, you know, make sure other people don't get a gig. Sometimes you got to get a lot of love. That's Hollywood. That's right. That's right. Yeah. No, I shall reserve judgment. Man, I wasn't crazy about Star Trek Into Darkness. No. You know, I mean, really? no, I thought it was a very entertaining movie. Mm-hmm. It was so entertaining that, that, that I didn't really notice anything that I didn't like about it because mm-hmm. it was just so relentlessly paced. Yeah. And, you know, and then I, then I saw it again and I'm like, you know, this movie's not great. Really? <laughs> well, I mean, it's... It's entertaining. Yeah. It is a solid piece of entertainment. Um, it's a slice of fried dough. But, uh, but, you know, what? Uh, it, it does not warrant repeat viewings. Well, I've watched it a few you times. Know. I'm okay with whereas, whereas the first one still holds up. That is my, I have nothing else to do and I don't really feel like watching something new movie to watch. Mm. I do watch the first one. The first Star Trek? Yeah. Numpan. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like, it's like, that has, still has a lot of charm to it, you know. And, and there, are a lot, there, are, uh, there are things about Star Trek Into Darkness that work. I just find it 
I really love the fact that they actually mirror the dialogue exactly from Rather Can 2 at one point. And I just like, actually, I know that dialogue off my heart, and it was great. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I, I kind I liked it the first time, and then the second time I saw it, I was like, this is, you know, was this made by a fanboy committee or something? You know, it's, you know what I mean? It's like, there were just too many things in there that's like, okay, we gotta get some fucking Klingon, we gotta show, we gotta have someone speaking Klingon. We gotta have this, we gotta have that, or the, Star- or the fucking or the fucking Trekkies are gonna lose their shit. Oh. And the first, the second time I saw Star Trek Into Darkness, the movie felt like that kind of movie. Hmm. It felt like a check- it felt like a checklist. Hmm. And um, because it's so entertaining, you you don't really realize it. And and, it, and you know, and so it's like it's like a backhanded compliment as mm. well. You know, it's like I, I don't I don't hate the movie. Mm. I, I don't even dislike the movie. I like the movie, but I just don't think it's... It's on the, it's on the lower ledge of life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people giving out about it. I, I don't get it. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, one last trailer before we do a new thing at TV news. Uh, did you see the trailer for uh, Chris Nolan's latest? Oh, you, did you see Transcendence? Uh, no, I did not. Yeah, no. apparently Wally Fister's not the next greatest new thing. No. Stop fucking Instagramming. I'm um, not, I'm not. Just checking stuff. <laughs> uh, the new Christopher Nolan movie, uh, Interstellar, had its trailer. Yeah. Looks cool. Interesting, yeah. Looks cool. Uh, I'm this, I'm going out of limb here, but I'm thinking he doesn't make it back. <laughs> it does sort of have that sort of uh, kind of. But it's basically warp drive the movie. How yeah. we got there? It's, it's Star Trek: First Contact Part Two. Yeah, it's like basically the world is fucked, fucked. And we, Michael Caine's not. Michael, I think Michael Caine's not doing a funny accent, so it sounds like he's doing a funny accent. I know, I know. Is he doing American? I can't remember now. I, is he, I, I think know. he's doing his normal accent because I, I'm so used to saying tangerines that I can't. It sounds like he's. Americanizing it slightly. It's, it sounds like he's straddling that you know cider house rules accent that he had. Yeah. You know, a little bit of New England. Because <laughs> when you hear it in voiceover, it's like, is that Michael Caine? Doesn't sound like Michael Caine. It's like, yeah, it's Michael Caine. That's Michael Caine. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I like that. I mean, you know, it's cool. It, we, I love the line about we didn't run out of uh, TVs and high fives. We ran out of food. Yeah. That's, that's kind of cool. It's but, like, and it's and it seems to be there's an effect shot in there where it shows the spacecraft that he gets into. Yeah. And there's a bubble around them. Mm. And the world travels by. Yeah. And there's a close-up shot where it shows the world traveling and it just disappears. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm... And then it cuts to... Is it Jessica Chastain? Yes. Yeah. So I'm reckoning... That's an old version of the kid. Yeah. And then it's... Then from that point onwards, the TV... The, the whole movie is just a remake of uh, Ghost Dad with Bill Cosby. Yeah. <laughs> was that before or after he made Leonard Part 6? Uh, that was... Um, after. Have you seen Leonard Part 6? No. Oh. But I, I'm aware of it. We need to do actually like a, a, a commentary for that because I haven't seen it in years. I saw it on VHS, right. and uh, you know the whole concept being that his other five adventures were awesome, but also but they were classified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I mean it looks really interesting, and it looks the music sounds beautiful as well. And it's a really nice soundtrack in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, another nicely shot Chris Nolan movie. So this is the new thing, TV news, because our uh, shared geekdom is spilling over onto the TV. It is. Did you see the trailer for Gotham? Yes, I did. What did you think of this? Bruce Wayne, the earlier. Considering we talked about it earlier and the, the lack of origin story. Because, uh, first yeah. of all, the background. Did you hear, again, I listened to Batman and Batman himself and um, Paul Dini mm. have hung out a lot. Yeah. Sometimes it's just on commentaries for shit where they're just talking about it or, you know, talk about how, like, they're, just, they're, they're hanging out and they, it's really interesting stuff. He's, he's talked to pretty much everyone still living who's involved with Batman from comics everywhere. You got Scott Snyder on there. He had Neil Adams on, yeah, yeah, all the guys, and they were talking about hearing about this. Oh, there was a, a video game trailer mm. that showed like Bruce's eyes, a constant, a 
constant uh, focus on the eyes and then he grew up around them from crying kid to badass you know yeah and they were saying like how awesome would it be to pitch, and they pitched a certain show yeah and Gotham was supposed to be about uh, Gordon uh, Gordon yeah. yeah but now there's there's a whole fuck ton of Bruce in there and then there's a young cat woman who in the first trailer she's looked like she's way too fucking old but then she looks actually the right age group well it's not just cat woman like you got the yeah, oh, yeah, no. fucking joke I mean they're they're all in there um Okay, as a... As well, a there was the Joker was in there, I think. Nah. I think it was the Penguin and the Riddler. The, the Riddler, Penguin, the Riddler, the Riddler and Riddler. the Scarecrow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as a trailer, it was very cool. Yeah. It was very cool. Um, I think it was straight straight to the show. And even as an idea, I, I, I don't necessarily have that much of an issue with it. Like, if, if you want to focus is on... Is it the, the guy from the OC? Yes, it is. <laughs> it is the guy from the OC. <laughs> Ben McKin- ben I've McKin- never even seen Southland either. He'll always be the guy from the UFC to me. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen goes. Southland either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Although I although I wanted to because like C. Thomas Howell joined the cast at one point. And, oh, yeah. and apparently he was very good. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. But um, who's the other guy who was, who was Rachel's boyfriend and friends and was going to marry at one point before Brad Pitt got involved and then everywhere else went off? Yeah. Ryan something. Neil something. N e a l. Ah, oh, never mind. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Jim from Neighbors was in also as well. But, um, no, I mean, it's a good trailer. Yeah. It's a good trailer. and um, It's just they're dabbling in waters they should not dabble in. Yeah, I mean, they're really going to have to tread carefully. Otherwise, they're just going to kill a lot of the, the mystery of what makes Batman so Batman. cool. Um, you know, it's kind of like, like Smallville. You know, Smallville was a great show until they went just as the five seasons too, too far. Because the whole point was... You'll never see him in a cape. And even when they did put him in a cape in the last episode, it was bullshit. It was bullshit. Yeah. Mm. I never saw the last episode. <laughs> no, but they did do some... I mean, they, 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 the kid flash they had was pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. They got Cyborg in there in a nice way. And the, uh, the, and, the trailer, and the trailer for The Flash was pretty fun, too. Well, that's the other thing. The trailer for The Flash nails it. I can't remember. What's the guy's name from the original Flash TV show? John Wesley Ship. They cast him in it? Yeah, yeah. That looks great. Yeah. No, you it got looks it. like the Justice League Unlimited TV show, the Justice League cartoons... Did some great stuff with the Flash. The Flash was Michael Rosenbaum, who was the voice of Flash, was uh, Lex Luthor from Smallville. Yes, yes. And they did some fantastic stuff with him, where, and it shows a little bit in the t- in the trailer, I hope, where he doesn't just beat the guys up. He's not Batman. Yeah. Like Batman will either outsmart them, or he'll get them in a batarang, or he'll do something, or he'll throw fuckloads of coins at Two Face. You know what I mean? He'll yeah. figure out a way to beat them that way. Yeah. But it's mostly fisticuffs. Yeah. The Flash. There's a fantastic episode of the Flash where I'm not sure who's with him. He's paired up with someone who's a bit more poundy. Mm-hmm. and he knows something's going down a lot of supervillains have ganged up to because they have Flash Day because Flash is so beloved in, is it Central City or Central City is where he lives right yes They've, a lot of villains have ganged up to kind of take down the Flash on Flash Day and he goes to see uh, what's his name Captain Freeze Professor Cold something like that mm-hmm. uh, Captain Cold Captain Cold yeah and it could be it's probably Batman it could be Batman Batman's like right we've got to interrogate this guy you know I'll take my back and beat him up and Flash's like oh hang on a second and he sits down beside him he's like and, then, and at that time, Captain Cold was voiced by Luke Hamill. Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill, yeah. And he sits down beside him and says, like, hey, Paul. No, no. It was, but he, 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 sits, he sits beside him at the bar and he's like, oh, God, it's Flash. He's like, hey, Paul. No, no, this was the trickster. The trickster, you're right. It was the trickster. trickster. Yeah, 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 sorry, yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. right. He's like, hey, have you stopped taking your meds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, he I've, of, I've seen that episode. It's, and it's fucking it's, brilliant. It's beautiful. And he just deals with that problem in a different way. And this show... It seems to show him doing that. Like, there's a shot in where he's running really fast and he grabs the cyclist mm-hmm. as he's getting hit by the car. Mm-hmm. That's just a cool shot. Mm-hmm. And it has him, like, thinking, 
Oh, you know, there's a, he's fighting. I, I don't even know. I didn't see. Is there a weatherman in his rogues gallery? Because he has a weird rogues gallery. They're all he, fucking. He does awesome. have a very weird rogues gallery. But they're fun, I think. They, they're very fun. Yeah. And there's a weather. There's a tornado guy, and it seems that the trailer seems to show most of the pilot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And basically, the tornado is going one way, and he's like, "Oh, well, it's like a five-six minute trailer." Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, "I'm gonna tur- I'm gonna run around it in the opposite direction." He's like, "But you'll die!" He's like, yeah. and he does that. And it's like figuring that kind of stuff out. Is like when the Flash learns he can he can actually fly if he just vibrates his hands quickly enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Things like that are when the Flash is fun. Yeah. And there's a there's a there's a very uh, having seen uh, Flashpoint. There's a small flash of yellow in the beginning where his mom dies, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which looks like Professor Zoom. Uh huh. In like in the full yellow suit. Oh wow. So they could actually tie that into the whole thing that you know, season six, season seven, Professor Zoom will be introduced and he'll go back in time to try and defeat his enemy and kill his mom, but actually make him in the first place. Right. Or like Flash. In, in Flashpoint, the whole point is Flash figures out he can go through time. But if he goes back and changes that one instant, then Bruce Wayne dies and Thomas Wayne becomes Batman and the world goes to shit and the Amazons go to shit. So it looks like Warner Bros. might be building a universe with this show. I have never watched Arrow. The one thing that stuck out of this trailer like a sore thumb with an Arrow's in it. Yeah, yeah. But I've heard I've, Arrow's I've, gone really I've good. I've heard Arrow's good. Yeah. Um, I got that stroke in as well, right? And I've heard Arrow's good from guys too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's not the, it's the not subject. The, I was. I was. It's not just. The, out, it's not just the, sh- the shirtless McMeat Arrow. I was with my wife and two of her friends, and the subject of the Flash came up, and they started talking about Arrow. And for the next twenty minutes, all these girls could talk about was just his, his abs, pecs, his fucking abs. The, the arrows or the arrows abs. Arrows, arrows abs. Because there's a nice moment in the Flash where he's like, "You've been in commerce six months." He's like, "Lightning gave me abs," because he's ripped now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, he's a huge foreign. Yes. Like it was. If Ben Affleck has an eight head, right, or six head, a six head. Yeah, six this guy's an eight, eight head, yeah. at least. He does look a bit weird, and they're young to cast later, but the suit looks cool. It does look cool. I mean, the old suit looked cool. I liked the old suit. The old series was kind of yeah, goofy yeah. and fun, and it was a time of Darkman and stuff you like know. that. It was, he's a guy yeah. trying to show us. And he had Mark Hamill as the fucking trickster. Yeah. <laughs> Finishing off our TV roundup. Yeah. See the trailer for Constantine? No. You didn't see this? No, 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 no. He's writer? Like, he's more right mm-hmm. than Ken Reeves. Like, he's got the look down. Mm-hmm. Something going on with that accent. He's not. It's. I. I'm. I'm dubious of this because it's not for, Sting. Well, it, no, it's NBC. Yeah. So how? How do you have how, a, a how, smoking uh, necromancer asshole? How hellblazer can you possibly get yeah. if you're NBC? You know, that's that's my whole issue with it. I mean, I could be proven wrong, no. but I just don't. No, and, and it seems to follow a bit to the movie. I'm not sure if it's his twin sister or someone's gone missing. It's been a while. I meant to rewatch it. I thought you would have seen it. Um, but it does. He has the look down, mm-hmm. and he's a bit of the attitude. He's got a lot of the attitude, but I think it might be something that maybe picks up in the second half of the first season. Right. You know, they still seem to be face. You know, finding their feet. Yeah. Watch it. We'll do. We'll do. On to uh, cool stuff of the. Water. <laughs> um, there's this giant Kawakita Godzilla statue. Yeah, this is awesome. This is five foot tall. It's the it's a Toho one, right? Toho new one. Yeah, it's 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 a five foot tall God, Godzilla statue statue for about three thousand US. It's awesome. And uh, I you know I, I I asked the wife. She said no. <laughs> really? Yeah. I was like, can I get it? <laughs> just it's like those it's like like the Ronald McDonald outside certain McDonald's. Yeah, just like, have it permanently sitting on the couch. Yeah, it just it will always be there. Yeah, and, and I would just take Instagram shots with it all the time. And you put a cigarette in his mouth. It's like this is me leaving the house. Yeah. Look at my Godzilla. 
This is me coming home. Look at my Godzilla. It was like hard, hard day, hard, uh, hard day ahead, and you put a little, a little trilby, a little, a little tie on him. Yeah. This, this is just feather boa, dude. Feather boa. You know, the, 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 the possibilities are in. Yeah. Are limitless. Maybe we should have a friend. Three grand. Three grand. Well, also on the pricey side, but nowhere near as pricey as that, is um, Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosity. Oh. Curiosities. It's a limited edition. Yeah. Um, and this is basically, it's, um, it's, it's a collection of, um, you know, all of the inspirations, personal notebooks and passions um, from, this is, I, I'm reading, I'm reading the press release. Mm -hmm. Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities brings together the inspirations, personal notebooks and passions of the renowned writer-director. This visionary filmmaker's expression and distinct visions can be explored with commentary, interview text, um, and journal entries. The, the visual history of Del Toro's work and personal archive showcases his fascination with monsters. Designed in a replica of a cabinet, this deluxe oh. anthology brings together reproduced journal pages, sketches, props, and more from the imaginative genius who created such accomplishments as Kronos, Hellboy, Pan's Labyrinth. Where's the picture? Oh. Yeah, no, there's lots of cool shit. It's not a cabinet, it's a drawer. <laughs> no, look, it's, it's a fucking, it's a chest of drawers. It's, a, it's one, it's one chest. It's a single chest. The ultimate limit, the ultimate limited edition collectible book contains a forward by James Cameron. Ultimate, how many copies are there? One? Um, it's, uh, it, it is a limited edition. There's, it's, there's not, they don't tell you how many there are. Okay. Um, yeah, but there's a forward by James Cameron and an afterward by Tom Cruise. Holy shit. Yeah. They work together? And contributions from other luminaries, including Neil Gaiman and John Landis. Do they work together? No. Then what the fuck? Well, I guess they must be buddies. I guess so. I mean, there's an Iron Nine dude ever so often whenever his movies come out. They, if you look on Iron Nine, Guillermo Tower sketchbook. If you Google that, you'll yeah. find it. They put up photos from like his Hellboy 2 diaries. And, like, and he draws this shit out. Yeah, yeah. No, he's an amazing artist. Yeah. And also a massive geek. He has an entire house that he keeps for, like, it's like the Haunted Mansion. He has an entire house just full of geek yeah. stuff. But I mean, there's, yeah. there's just so beautiful sketches, and he writes around them. It looks like it looks like one of those books when someone consults the Book of Magic in a movie. It looks like that. Yeah, you know, it's just it's just really really cool shit. It's fucked up. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if you've got uh, if you've got money to burn, this costs well about six hundred US. So it's gonna cost the full rifle. Yeah, but you know, if uh, it's since we were just talking about a five foot uh, Godzilla that costs three thousand bucks. This is reasonable. This is fairly reasonable. Did you follow that up to Jazz the Wifey to get that afterwards? <laughs> no. And he's like, well, see, it's cheaper. Well, if I can't get that, can I get this? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's always bloody no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's my cool stuff for today. That's pretty cool. Finishing off cool stuff, uh, if you go onto tpublic.com and you look for the user Shastine Frey, he's got a cool load of uh, movie-based t-shirts, but they're done in a kind of a comic book art style. And he basically captures a moment from a movie and he's got a line of dialogue on it. And he's got um, Peter Venkman doing uh, the Cats and Dogs speech. He's got, um, what's his name, Porkchop Express? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, no, the actor character's name? Oh, uh, Jack Burton. As old Jack Burton used to say. It's got it's him. All, it's all it's, in the reflexes. It's, 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 it's all in the reflexes is what he says, but he's yeah, got the he's lipstick got the on him from when he kissed yeah. Kim Cattrall, yeah, 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 which yeah, is yeah. a beautiful touch. And yeah. he's got a load, of, he's even got some Mad Men teachers on there. And it's just like, I subscribe to the T-shirt a day website, so I see the ones that come along. You get a lot of like, you know, I actually the last one I bought was a, a, a Starbucks coffee logo, but it's like damn fine coffee, and it's the Twin Peaks. Yeah. And there are thousands of Starbucks knockoffs. Whenever a good design comes out, it's ripped off almost instantly, or applied not ripped off, but applied to a different thing. Mm -hmm. So it's it's starting to get rare to see a new thought. Yeah. This is a new thought, and they look damn fucking good. Yeah. 
So Chastine uh, Fraser's name. So if you, I'll put the link up in the show notes. But yeah, damn good laugh. Next, we'll get to our e- people have emailed and tweeted us in. Awesome. Um, long time fan of the show. <laughs> uh, Rue IE has tweeted us a few things. First of all, the, the, have you seen the trip yet? The Steve Coogan and Dan yes. Wright thing. Yes, yes. There's a new one, the trip yes. to Italy. Yes. Um, the big kind of viral sensation from the first one was when they were arguing over who did, how to do a Michael Caine impression. Yeah. And the one from this one now that I got them sitting around, they're going to this time the trip is to Italy. I've not seen the movie, but I've seen the TV show. Right. It's like six episodes, so it's a bit cut out for the movie. Yeah. And it's a great movie because Steve Coogan plays himself and apparently he's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like an insecure, like uh slutty asshole. Slutty yeah. asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Rod Bryden is the best mate you always wanted to have. Yeah. And he's so cool. Yeah. He's so cool. Lovable. Like the voice he's cuddly. The, the voice in the box. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good (laughs) you should watch the trip but the new trip looks awesome as well so she sent us a clip of that she also uh, sent us a a quick tweet and I said I'd answer it in the next podcast this is ages ago Uh, Brick Mansions or Amazing Spider-Man 2 you can only choose one Brick Mansions Brick Mansions I did not see much at all for Brick Mansions it's Paul uh, Paul Paul Walker's last movie it's a remake of District 13 yeah Uh, a part of town so bad they wall off it's parkour the original was a parkour movie there's a guy in it who's in the second he's in this one as well yeah and I don't know if the missile plot was in the first one. No, I mean, like uh, I haven't seen, I haven't seen the uh, the original. Uh, I mean, the neither, trailer looks fucking badass. Yeah, no, neither is high on my list of must-watch movies. But uh, if it's a choice between the two, I'll watch Brick Mansions. Brick Mansions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's got them parkour coming out of its fucking ears. Yeah. There's like, I, and I hate parkour. Really? Yeah, yeah. When I watch people do parkour, like I really wish I had a gun. <laughs> like, Scope. I just, I just, and like, wait for them to like just do this really big jump and just shoot them in midair. So they just and but not shoot them in no but like I I'd gotta be a crack shoot because yeah. a crack shot because um I, I don't want to kill them no I just want to like maim sh- I just want to like uh, you know like when they jump if I can somehow shoot them in the ankle yeah. oh you know because because I want to see the landing yeah you know if they're if you they're, want to see the face plan if they're dead before they land it's no fun it's no fun it's gonna ride all around like place. if you can like see them like writhe in pain in midair oh. and they know damn well that. And it's all been filmed, of course. There's like a slab of concrete <laughs> just waiting for their face. Uh, or hopefully a railing that they land on them with their nuts. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. Possibly, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, there's, I mean, there's, there's one it's point... My, it's, my, it's my dream to turn everything into an episode of ridiculousness. <laughs> <laughs> we're, only, we're, we're not that far away from reality future where you <laughs> could just do like, you know, <laughs> shooting people from cars. Uh, our other podcast question comes in from Aurora. Aurora. Aurora says, I hope you both are having a good day. I'm having an okay day, just the normal run-of-the-mill problems with people who think they can design for a living. Owning, owning Photoshop and InDesign does not make you a graphic designer. We do not write these ourselves. Uh, I have a, owned a hammer for years, but that doesn't mean I can build a house. Anyway, enough about that. I have a question. Have you watched Sleeping Beauty? Are you going to watch Maleficent? Maleficent? Maleficent, yeah. Um, seen Sleeping Beauty. I, I, I saw Sleeping Beauty when I was a kid. I don't really, I don't really remember it very well. I just mm. remember the, um, you know, the basics. Um, the fairies. I, I, I'm, I, I, I am planning to, to see Maleficent because it looks pretty cool. Um, I, I bailed on the press screen last night because it's the same worldwide, so there's no point in me getting an early review in. Yeah. Um, also, it was in Pavilion. It was the first, it was the first and only screen that's been in one walking distance of my house. I didn't go. But um, yeah, I, the reviews are out now, and they seem pretty okay. Like well, the same, they seem. To, I mean, at first it seemed like, oh, you're just shoehorning her into it. But actually, apparently, after she curses the child, she actually realizes that might not be as bad of an idea. 
Yep. Well, the reviews have been mixed. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, 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 it's okay. Yeah. It's not a train wreck, yeah. which from is what, what I thought was From what I understand, it's better than Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm probably going to see it. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge Angelina Jolie fan, but this is pretty good casting. She looks. She's great. famous for not being famous for yeah. not really that. Like she was okay. two meters is the biggest biggest thing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. she's not really been like in that many iconic movies. Iconic movies? No, no, no. Any iconic movie? No. no. Well, you know, Hackers. It's true. <laughs> Hackers comes up a lot. <laughs> Ever so often, someone pops up on Twitter stream where it's like, I can't believe my friend X has not seen Hackers, and you always have to reply with Hacker Planet where the A's are four. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, in answer to that question, yes, I am going to say I think, no, but there is there is a groundswelling of hackers going on out there. I think there might be a hackers reboot in the, in the offing because there seems to be so many people are like, this movie's fucking awesome. This movie's, it's, it's very cool, It's man. fucking awesome. Zero cool. cool. Zero cool. Yeah. And serial killer. Yeah. C-E-R-E-A-L. <laughs> yes, that's right. And it's got Matthew Lillard being the most Matthew Lillard he's ever been. Yeah, this, this is what Matthew Lillard does. Yeah. <laughs> and it's got a, pre, um, a pre-plastic surgery Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's got short hair. Short hair, different nose. Uh, you know, she'll different. go. What was it? She'll, if she loses, she'll go on a date. But he has to wear a dress, right? That's right. Yeah. And he wears a dress. Yeah. And it's a good fucking dress. Tommy Lee Miller can wear a dress. Yeah. Um. No. Speaking of the, the Disney reboot thingies going on, or the, the well, you know, they heard the the, the the one of the characters. You know, Once Upon a Time. Yes. It's the ABC or whatever the ABC. Disney show where they they throw in like all the fairy tale characters of, are in our world accidentally. Yep. Uh, they're throwing in the chick from uh, Frozen. Mm-hmm. from the end of the last season mm-hmm. but uh, they're also going to do a live action Cinderella the trailer for this made me want to kill things uh, this is Branagh's Cinderella right yeah, yeah. it was just uh, loving uh, it was the camera was making love to a glass ship yeah well it's, it's a t- it, 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 make, it, gives, it makes teaser trailers look like fucking Citizen fucking Kane this it's is the worst teaser trailer I've ever seen it's a teaser trailer but it's bullshit <laughs> it's the worst bullshit Should we do reviews? I think we should do reviews. Alright, let's kick off with the X-Men. Fuck it. Oh, we do with Marvel first. Why don't you, like, uh, yeah, let's do, let's do Godzilla first. Okay. Keep it spoiler free. Yeah. Oh, obviously. <laughs> don't call me Ian Spoiler Free McNally at all. Really. Um, so yeah. Godzilla. We mentioned Gareth Edwards earlier. Gareth Edwards, um, he, after doing one movie, he got to play with Godzilla, so I hate this guy. Um, he's put together a very clever Godzilla movie. Now, one thing to know, if you're expecting Pacific Rim from the off, you're not going to get that. The, this is a movie for film fans, in a way. I mean, it's, a, it's Godzilla, it's doing great money, hopefully, and it's doing great money, and it's going to hopefully get more. But like, the, even the opening is very coy. The opening credits actually explain a lot of the world of the movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like they're done in a way where it's, it's all the bikini at all... Okay, no, your hands are clean. Uh, bikini at all nuclear testing and stuff. It's all based upon that. And there's a whole redacted thing going on. So the credits appear in line with other texts. Mm-hmm. And the other text disappears behind like blacked out lines. Uh-huh. And that other text actually plays into the plot. Right. So this is not... I mean, this movie starts with Brian Cranston and Julia Binoche at a nuclear plant. I mean, there's, there's... Fukushima happened while they were making it, which is unfortunate why the opening of the show movie starts with an earthquake at a nuclear power plant in Japan. Yeah. Like, it would be on the nose if it hadn't... You know, people will think it's going to be on the nose because not everyone knows that they were saying, like, oh, we didn't know this was happening. This is actually the basis of it. And when a monster turns up, it ain't Godzilla. And that's fucking smart. Like, how do you do a Godzilla movie and make it fresh? This is 
they could take a lot from this for the Power Rangers movie. Yeah. Like, there's a little... Brian Cranston gets a little bit uh, sidelined, a bit in favor of Aaron Taylor-Johnson, who doesn't have an awful lot to do. Yeah. And, That's uh, what I've heard. What's her name, Olsen? Yeah, I heard that there's no point in her being in the film. There's one point. He has a phone call to her, and it would have actually been more effective if they'd not cut to her at all. Yeah. But there are these other things that turn up, and they spur on Godzilla to appear. And Godzilla does not give a shit about <laughs> us at all. So they've managed to straddle that line between the original 1954 version where Godzilla was humanity's hubris come home to roost and destroy us all. Yeah. And the later ones where he's humanity's defender against King Ghidorah and all these other crazy shit that comes along. Yeah. They manage to straddle that. He doesn't fight for us. He fights because he fights. He fights against the people who just have... He, he fights against those who just happen to be fucking shit up for us. Yeah. But he... He will fuck shit up as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think just not having him appear for the first half of the movie, it's great. And when he does appear, there's a thing that you're... You'll know whether you're going to love and like love or hate this movie by the fact that when he does appear and it's like round one, the camera follows a human person and then just like leaves it twice or cuts away. No, I've heard about this. I've now heard, I've heard that this this some people hate, hate this. that. <laughs> I laughed out loud. There's a shot in the trailers where the doors close and you can see him kind of like it. it, it you see him on the given the yeah, door. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That is like the climax of one scene, and you're like, "You motherfucker!" Like I slapped my knee, and like I literally laughed out loud in the screening when I saw it. Right, right, right. And I love that because you cannot make a monster mash work for the whole thing. Yeah, you got. I mean, Pacific Rim had some problems with that, where they, you know, they start with a big fight, and they, you know, you got to build up to your climax, and it works in that way. Yeah, Aaron Taylor Johnson also like. They need to come up with a better way of getting him in the action. He's the unluckiest, luckiest man alive and that he lives through a lot of shit he happens upon. But he happens upon things that, like, fair enough, he's in the army. He's going to get involved anyway. Mm-hmm. But he just kind of wanders into other shit. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there could be a point to the whole thing like that. But in other ways, it's just really smart. Like, there's a really nice shot. The other things have a way of fucking with electricity. So we're useless against them. Yeah. And there's small moments that are, like, respect the audience. You know, a whole... Flanks of fucking soldiers open firing Godzilla and he doesn't even flinch. And instead of saying, having some idiot character say, Oh my god, his skin is impervious for bullets! He just, you see the shocked faces of the soldiers and that sells it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or, um, what was the other one? At the climax of the movie, Aaron Taylor Johnson does something on his own and he doesn't feel the need to explain out loud to himself what he's about to do. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense for the reasons of the movie. He has to do something because otherwise the sequels would be very clear what would happen. And he just takes care of it. And it's like, oh, pretty smart. And, you know, Gareth Edwards frames a lot of it with the human characters. It's just a pity the human characters aren't a bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, uh, Elizabeth Olsen's just what is it? As I said, it would have been more effective if him talking on the phone getting cut off and not, you know, not seeing her at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think it's just because it's the shock of the new. That's why I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's done in a way that I never knew what to expect. And when they fucked with the audience the way they did, I was like, this is an actor, this is a director who is supremely confident in what well, he's doing. Well, I think th- th- that's something that's come across in all of the um, reviews is that um, in the midst of all of this, he's managed to maintain his voice. Yes. Because there's a beautiful, there's a scene with which a bus. Bo- which bodes well for the Star Wars spin-off. Yes. There's a beautiful scene. Uh, yeah, this guy seems to know how to, you know, work with the studio. Um, and I think, who was it? I think it might have been Harry Knowles or someone was at the screening in LA or whatever like that. And the, 
someone came over and patted the, well, I was talking to Gareth Edwards, or the producer, I think it was, or someone from Legendary. And someone came over, an Asian man came over, an Asian man entered, and shook the guy's hand and said that was great and walked off. And Harry Nelson said, who's that? And said, that's the head of Toho Studios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I heard about that. You heard about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And it does. It manages in a beautiful, when you talk about bringing back franchises or IPs, it manages to do so in a way that is uh, in homage to everything that's gone before and yet its own new thing. Mm. There's a shot at one point of Godzilla's fins reflected in the bus window that's like, hello Spielberg. Yes. Hello nurse. <laughs> Which actually works. But anyway, you know what I mean? And there's other things that go on through it and it's just, it's, it's a love letter to Godzilla and I thought it was great. Now, people might get bored, you know, people who have low attention spans or idiots may not like this movie but it's made bucks so yeah. the Godzilla name alone seems to have sold it anyway yeah well I mean the, the sequel's already greenlit yeah yeah. and I don't know if, if, if he's going to do it or someone else is going to do it but uh, it's great I really enjoyed it I thought there is you. the one niggle I have what is it Steam doesn't work that way there's a <laughs> point with Steam where Steam shit happens with Steam but like even there's points where just even the like the closing of a door using the closing of a door to emotionally score a scene yeah an automatic door thing is so in the in the opening is so well done. Yeah. Or you know, Brian Cranston nails it. He's the best actor in the whole thing. But it's kind of no one else gets much else to do. Yeah, I, I've I've heard I've heard about. Oh, that. and Ken Watanabe just looks shocked the whole fucking time. I got a CD from the press screening, and when you look through the press pictures, he's just shocked in every single one. Every single picture I've seen of Ken Watanabe in this movie, he just looks like yeah. you know, like someone just shat in his cereal. Yeah. And I mean, there's a beautiful moment at the beginning where himself and Sally Hawkins from Made in Dagon, which is a great movie, I think I reviewed it. Yeah. But she gets even less. I mean, she gets fuck all to do apart from like wandering around and get go get Ken, or go get someone else for Ken. Yeah. And there's a scene where they come up, they happen upon a scene of mass devastation, and she says, "Do you think this is it?" And he goes, "No, it's not him." I mean, that's cool. That's yeah. early on in the movie, and that's a cool way they just they toy with the audience. And I like that. I think uh, Gareth Edwards is definitely one to watch. Uh, it's Edgar Wright in a different way. You know what I mean? It's yeah. someone who... He's the monster movie version of Edgar Wright. Yeah, it's like someone who is adding so much. Yeah. And yet, you know, and hopefully he'll... And I don't know. Seems to be the guy's got to go with fucking ticket because he's done Godzilla. Now it's Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't get, doesn't get much better than that. Yeah. He's got the career Dean Nevin Le- wishes he had. Yeah. But uh, I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend you go see it. Cool. Okay, let's do X-Men. To me, my X-Men. <laughs> Plot first. So, in the future, everything's shit. Sentinels are giant robot things coming around killing everybody. Uh, in a nice way, we get to see all these new mutants, and then we get to see them horribly killed, and then Kitty Pride, a.k.a. Juno, a.k.a. Ellen Page, sends Bishop back in time. Yay, X-Men! Um, Bishop's finally in the movie. Yep. And back in time a few days to give them a warning so they don't do that. So, paradox, but never mind. But eventually they figure out that they need, there's a key point. I mean, this is, this was... It seems like this is always the game plan for Singer. The first movie introduced Senator Kelly. The original Days of Future Past, I think, was Senator Kelly as well. Yeah. Or at least it wasn't the cartoon version. Yeah. Where the Sentinels will be created to combat the mutant menace. Yeah. They will actually be built up to the point where they'll just go out of control. There's a key point in history they've got to send people back to. Yeah. In the comics, it was Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride traveled back to herself, or the yeah. other version. Yeah. At this point, Ellen Page doesn't have the draw of Wolverine, so because of his box office draw, he gets to go back. Yeah. And that's where the first X-Men first class guys come in. And you see the X-Men first class guys and they're not all where you expect them to be. The relationships between them are still... I watched X first class last night. Okay. <laughs> it does, you know, I mean, the one thing I miss a lot is the Henry Jackman score. 
Yeah. It was only when I was writing the review and listening. To, thank God for Spotify. You can just get the album, the, the, the movies albums on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cues that are very much the the fanfare from the X Men. Mm-hmm, Bryan mm-hmm. Singer's X Men. Yeah. There's one song on there that has hints of sublift movie. The song with the that, 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 that the theme from X Men. There's like three or four themes in there, yeah, and they're yeah. all fantastic. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you want to do writing work, they're amazing. They're just and they're also are running. Yeah. If you want to jog and you do X training. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's no, awesome. No, 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 it's it's very good. So it's uh, and also another good um, uh, film composer to work to is Clint Mansell. Mm. He's very good. Clint Mansell is very nice he, to work to. He did Drive, right? Um, no, no, no. no. Uh, he did uh, The Fountain. Yeah. He did uh, Noah. He did. He's the guy from Pop Will Eat Itself. Yeah. That when I found out that he was the guy from Pop Will Eat Itself, that blew my mind. Hans Zimmer is also like Hans Zimmer from in in like uh, everything after. Everything after Dark Knight. Mm. Hans Zimmer is amazing to work to. <laughs> On Spotify, look for Crisis 2, mm-hmm. Hans Zimmer soundtrack. Okay. There are some amazing scores in there. And it's not just his own percussive stuff. It's like, there's a lot of um, beats with the like a, 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 a flute playing over music. And then just like it builds up to the bombast of a military soundtrack. Yeah. And it's awesome. But uh, yeah, Spotify is amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, what do you think? Um, I, I enjoyed the film. Um, uh, basically, what, what's going on here is that uh, Wolverine needs to go back in time to stop Mystique from uh, committing a certain act yeah. that will uh, set in motion a series of events that will um, basically bring... Bring, bring about Mutant Dam again. Yes. Um, and, the, and the interesting thing is, he has no idea where he'll be. Yeah. Because his mind has been fucked with so many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't know where he's going to be. Yeah. He's got to find uh, Xavier and Magneto because only the two of them, when their powers combine, they are Captain Compassion. Well, because, they, I mean, like, he needs to, they, he basically needs to um, talk Mystique out of doing what she's going to do. Yeah. Again, this is not comic book lore. This is something that is being created yeah. for the film because Mystique is played by Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, that, and she looks good and blue. If there's anything that bugged me about the film, it was that. Really? It was knowing that they had tweaked it because of pe- you know they they had tweaked it because of who these actors had now become. You know, um, but, but, but I think that, no, I think no. What, I mean, like, I, 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 I mean, I don't but, think it was done any any cynical way. I mean, at least it was done well. Mm. You know, if you know, if, if it had not been done well, then that would have sucked. But, but what f- I think what it was was this one time you can use those same words. But, uh, what it was was that. They needed to have this big epic scope story, mm-hmm. but it all comes down to a single person's choice. Yes. And whether that's her or somebody else, it wouldn't matter, but yeah. I think it works well. Yeah, I know, but this comes back to the fact that at least it's done well. Yes. Watching the film, you do kind of get the impression that like... Um, we don't want any! Real life, as it happens, people. Real life. This is what happens when you record on the ground floor. <laughs> I it's don't a, want a scabby mattress. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like... Um, Herbie. Like, it sounds like uh, they, they've tweaked up when you pitch up the volume on, on a high intense tr- uh, trailer moment. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. ding. <laughs> or the Henry Jackman, uh, the, Henry, the X-Men yeah. first class ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but that was my sort of main issue with it. Okay, uh, before that, let's just get back to the plot. So yeah, so yeah Wolverine's got to stop Mystique from doing this particular thing. And in order to do that, he's got to convince her to not do it, but he can't do that. So that's why he's got to go back in time and uh, convince Professor, the young Professor X, played by James, played by James McAvoy, and the uh, young Eric Lencher, played by Michael Fassbender, young Magneto. 
Who uh, doesn't even try to put on an accent doesn't even, Yeah, yeah, he's not even trying anymore. Um, and he's basically going to bring these two guys who hate each other. Um, well, this one crippled the other one. Yeah. Uh, to come together in order to convince Mystique. Don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, also, it's ten years since the first movie. Yeah. So it's 73 now instead of 63. Yeah. And um, James McAvoy, Charles X, has basically sacrificed his mutant powers in order to walk. Yeah, and it's, I mean, the medication that he's taking... The drugs don't work. The drugs, yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> uh, so he's, he's on this medication that basically allows him to walk, but kills his telepathic abilities. Yeah. So, so, so he's been out of the game for a while. And yeah. the dynamic... And the reason why he's out of the game is handled quite nicely, because you don't find out for quite a while. Yeah. And it ties into the history of the times of Vietnam War. Yeah. And that's nicely handled. Yeah, yeah. Um... So yeah, I mean, like, a, it, so that's that's basically the plot. Yeah. Um, it and Magneto's in a very safe place, and they got to go get him with somebody. Yeah, which is cool. Which it, is cool. It's cool, but I've seen some people cream their pants over that scene, or online reading yeah. about it. I mean, I thought it was good, but no, I mean, like, um, it's it's a very cool moment. Yeah. You know, it's a very cool moment. I mean, like, does you know, it? You know, Prap. Yeah. He was at the screening. I got. All right. Sitting beside me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's very vocal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it was very cool. He was like, I thought it was cool, but I don't have the love for it. No, I mean, like, uh, to, th th it's weird because watching the film, I kind of got the impression that that this was a movie that was desperate to to correct some wrongs. Oh yeah, this is the you first know? on-screen retcon we've seen. Yeah, and um, and the movie does an amazing job of completely abolishing everything Brett Ratner did in in the last step, apart from the relationship with Gene. Yes. Everything else. Yeah. Um, but, however, having said that, I am... It's a good thing. I am a Last Stand apologist. I don't think it's a horrible movie. Yeah? You know, I don't think it's, you know, it's certainly the weakest of yeah. all of them, but I don't think it's the horrible movie that everyone keeps making it out to be. Mm. People talk about it like it's Batman and Robin, mm. you know, and I think that's very unfair. No, but it did leave the franchise in the point where it's like, even, like, go, when you're making that movie and you know that it's a Fox's franchise baby... How do you fucking fuck? I mean, unless his plan was, fuck it, we're going to do uh, X-Factor or X-Force or we're going to go off, we're just going to ditch these guys. No, no, but I, I think that he would, I think that Ratner got a lot of unfair shit because, the, you know... It they, was competently made. They make it seem like like this was his plan all along to just collapse the universe. When, when he was brought on very late, mm -hmm. Matthew Vaughn was supposed to direct X-Men 3. Yeah. You know, um, the reason why Vinnie Jones is in it is because of Matthew Vaughn, mm. you know, and so the movie... I'm the fucking juggernaut. You know, so it's like, when, when, you, when, you, when you look at it like that, I think, you know, Brett Ratner was brought in because he was seen as a guy who could fucking bring was, it in. Yeah. He wasn't... It's not like he was, like, saying, like... I John, got, yeah. It's not like he was there going, I have this idea for the for the third X-Men movie. I guess yeah. so, but there's just there's so many problems introduced to that movie that the solutions to them are going to be overly complicated. Yeah, like I, Charles is dead. Maybe depowered. Jeans. No, but gone. I just find it amusing. Yeah, I just find, I, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not a Brett Ratner fan. You know, I mean, like, um, I haven't. Uh, I don't. I don't hate all of his movies. I. I, I happen to like the, fir the the first two Rush Hours. Rush Hour three is terrible, but I I find Rush Hour one and two very funny. Did you do Shang Noon? No, he didn't do Shang Noon. No, he didn't do Shang Noon. You know, I never, uh, and um, he did this movie years ago with Charlie Sheen and Chris Tucker called Money Talks. Yeah. I thought that movie was pretty funny. 
you know. Um, so I'm not a complete Ratner hater. No, it's and, more and, it's more and, the damage it does to the franchise. But I just I just love the fact that everyone like rails against Ratner for X Men Three. No one says a damn thing about the people who actually wrote the fucking movie. Well, no one says about the thing. Good if it's a good movie. No one says I don't know. And, and, and having said that, for reasons I cannot explain, I really want to see Hercules. <laughs> The trailer was badass. You know, I mean, no, it, the, the trailer was so cheesy yeah. that I have to see that. And he's wearing a line mate. It's awesome. I know, I know. Who are you? <laughs> and I, no, but I was sold on the 80s font. Yes. Font choice, kids. It's you know, always... I was like, the 80s font for the title, for me, just like, I'm, I'm there. Yeah. I'm there. This is like, you know, I even enjoyed the piece of shit Hercules movie that Lou Ferrino did. Wow, I haven't seen that. You haven't seen that? No. It's fucking awesome. Is it? <laughs> yeah, it's awesomely bad. But I would watch it again in a heartbeat if someone had it. So, back to X-Men. Back to X-Men. I mean, so yeah, I, I think this movie does a really good job of um, basically rectifying all of the things about uh, The Last Stand that people were pissed off with. Mm. And there's a whole um, lot of things in there that are just like, well, fuck you. Yeah. It's like, Professor X is back. Yeah. And he's Professor X and he's, in, and he's still in the wheelchair. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. Good fuck you. Magneto's back. Fuck you. Yeah. Wolverine, at the end of the Wolverine, he has bone claws when he meets Magneto and Charles. Yeah. He has met adamantium claws in the future, but also in... Uh, fuck you. How yeah. do you get them? Fuck you. Yeah. You'll find out in the Wolverine 2, hopefully. Yeah. Wolverine 3. We don't talk about oranges. We don't talk about oranges. There's also, I think, gets rid of oranges as, oranges as well. Yeah. Because... Yeah. At the end, he's dug up by someone who's not someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But so, that, that's a nice moment as well, the, the moment between Wolverine and a young William Stryker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and that... No, there are a lot of things in this movie that for people who are familiar with the, um, the cinematic canon um, will, be, uh, very, will be very happy about it. No, and the comic book as well. I mean, and, it and was great. I mean, Ratner did the same thing where he introduced a lot of mutants, but in this, I didn't feel... Blink had fuck all to do. I mean, basically, it's... Storm had fuck all to do, but it's just nice to see them. And yeah. they just, like, they kept them to that. They didn't try and give them a, mass, a massive moment. Like, yeah. that was, it, was, it was what you would do in that situation. Yes, there is a shitload of things coming at us in the air. Storm is going to hit them with lightning. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. No, I mean, Bishop I, gets fuck all to do. If you're a big Bishop fan, and I don't know why you would be. But. I enjoyed the film very much. I did not think it was as amazing as some people made it out to be. Okay. I've, I've spoken to a couple of people who just could not stop raving about it. Really? Um, I, I do not feel that way about the movie. I, I would give it four out of five stars. Yeah. I mean, it's all eight. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's a very good film. Yeah. But it's also... I mean, and all of the X Men movies, because they have, because they have always carried this social message. Yeah. Well, no, but it's it's a big concept. Yes. Yes. No, I I know it, but but um, it when you compare it to other Marvel movies, it doesn't necessarily have the same sort of zip. No. That uh, that the other Marvel that the Marvel Studios movies have. Yeah. Um, it is a, a movie. It is a it is a it is a comic book movie that's trying really hard to be a movie. Yeah as opposed to being a comic book movie, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. And sometimes that kills a little bit of the joy and uh, for, for me. And also, uh, like what I was saying earlier, is that I could not help but feel that the, comic, the aspects of the comic book were changed purely to accommodate people who had recently become more famous in, in the last few years. But I mean, having watched first class... It does class, not affect the quality of no, no, the movie. No, no, having watched first class, they set up that... that, 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 that yeah, 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 yeah. They no. did set up that, like, you know... But even already at that... Mystique was, Mystique no, no, was but, Professor X's... But already at, that, already at that point, Jennifer Lawrence was an Oscar-nominated actor. She was on her way up, yeah. you know. And, um, you know, and they could have easily gone a different direction. Yeah. They well, could I, I think it made perfect sense. No, no, I, it, like, again, these are... I'm nitpicking. This does not affect... 
the cool. enjoyment of the film. This is just because we read the trades, we, we know it, shit. At points, though, it did seem like her stunt woman was uh, competing with uh, Scout Johansson's stunt woman for most leg-based takedowns. Yeah, that does seem to be like uh, the MO of all sort of like Marvel female characters. Yeah, you're going to get a crotch shot in there eventually. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't... That aspect didn't worry me at all, and it made sense within the, the timeline because of how the Sentinels yeah. evolved. And I re it was really cool to see Kelsey Grammer. Yes! Oh, shut up! Spoilers! Huh? Shut up, spoilers. If people made it this far, they've probably already seen Basically, it. there's a whole load of X-Men turn up on the, the code. All three people who listen Shut up. to this I know, saw, but, see, saw the movie. I know, but, no, but stop. You I know, I know. Because I know. There's, there's, there's a moment of pure joy. Pure, unadulterated X-Men nerd joy that crops up in that sequence just after what you're talking about. Yes, that yes. we're not saying what it is. Uh, yes, and I, it is fucking awesome. I'm not going to say anything. Because it's like... Knock it off, Logan. Because <laughs> not... And that, that was... That no, no, for no, me no, no. was like, no, I, no, I was hollering. I, I love that. I love that. That was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we should just end it there. So, and, yeah. you know, Anna Paquin does get her bit. She does. I mean, yeah. people think that might be other bits cut, but it seemed like this was always her bit. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. I mean, that was the thing was always going to be. They have this great cast who can do these different things. But when you're building a franchise like this, there are people who's going to turn up for a bit. Yeah. And that's going to happen more and more. If they manage to expand this now on this. I thought they did a very good job of um, people saying they're not involved. And yet they're involved. Kind of. No, like leading up to Days of Future Past, there were a lot of interviews with oh. different people where people were like, no, I haven't been called. No, no, I'm not in it. Yeah, that was one. That was There was one in particular where yeah. the, the guy said, oh, I would love to be in Apocalypse because I'm not in this one. Yeah. And that's what led me to that pure moment of joy. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, you motherfucker! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that also thinks that he seems to be a really nice guy. Like yeah. in everything he's in, he's cool. And... Every interview seems cool. I haven't. There's a whole lot of. He's very funny. As he's well. very funny. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a lot we of material. Stop now. There's a lot of material <laughs> coming out of this movie. There's a lot of material coming out of this movie beforehand because it is X Men experience where the, a lot of the cast roam the world. There are apparently I haven't seen them, but there's like uh, Fastbender interviewing McAvoy and stuff like that. There's a lot of them yeah, interviewing each other. Have you seen yeah. any of those? I've heard they're no, like, I, they're actually they're quite enjoyable to watch, regardless of the movie. Cool. Regardless of the movie. But yeah, I just I mean the Sentinel design was kind of cool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought Fan Mimic's blink powers were awesome. Yeah, the way they use them and Sean Ashmore gets to be Iceman and Ice Up fully. Yeah, yep. which was cool. Yep, very yeah. cool. Yeah, no, I mean like uh, it is it is the best X Men movie since X Men Two. Yeah, I do. Singer needs some help with action. There's a point. A lot of it's very good, but there's points where the first time Wolverine goes to the mansion and there's a conflict with uh, Nicholas Holt. Yes. There's points of the jumping around there looks like the wire work in X Two, whereas. As a whole, it's moved on so much further, and yeah, it just yeah. felt like uh, this is like when he didn't have the money. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this movie is so much more money, and like what are you know? So a lot of people have said online, like the end of all of Brian Singer's um, uh, superhero movies end with someone lifting really heavy, something really heavy. It's in Superman Returns, it's in this as well. <laughs> yeah, but it works in this. Uh, there's just there's a lot there's a lot in the second and third act that are nice surprises. Yeah, like there's a there's a one character changes their motivation slightly. Yeah. And it makes perfect sense for that character, but it also, you know, you wouldn't see it, you didn't see, I didn't see it coming. Like, the, the, someone turns on someone. Yeah. And you're like, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. But, it's a douche move, dude. Yeah. Um, I think Peter Dinklage is in it. I mean, another podcast I was into saying, like, it's great. No one even mentions the fact that he's a small person. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. But also, I felt that he was completely underused. Yeah, I mean, because they, they could have done a lot more. Because all he does is say, hey, if mutants become a problem, I've got this thing, and everyone just keeps saying no. Like, his yeah. whole thing is to die so that it will become a thing. Yeah. And, ah, it's a bit weird. Yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, even with Wolverine turning back, he didn't become the centerpiece of the movie. Yeah, it's 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 still it's, it's, it's still it's still uh, they they try their darndest to keep it an ensemble piece. And, oh, and they and, do a nice. And th- for the most part, they succeed. And the way they handle time travel is quite nice because while Wolverine's consciousness t- travels back, the changes he makes in the past, once he travels back, the future and the past uh, continue forward in lockstep. Yeah. So they have to protect his body in the future and the past, and it's a beautiful way yeah. of building tension. Yeah. And the changes he makes will not take effect until he snaps back. Yeah. And that's a very cool way of handling the two timelines. Yeah. Which is smart because you're not getting into the the looper conversation. Time travel is hard. Yeah. But um, it's a it's a good X movie, and it's, it's just I, I I get what you're saying about people raving about it. I talked to some other people who were raving about it as well. And I was like, no, this is what it should have been. This is what I expect from an X Men movie. Yeah. And the fact that it nailed it with no fuck ups. Uh, I showed you earlier the Carl, the the burger joint. I'm not going to mention them because they're ads shit. J- ad with uh, Quicksilver. I was like, I, oh, I don't, I don't hate the ads as much as you do. I think I, well, you've seen them after the movie. Yeah. Seeing them before the movie, you're like, oh god, this is going to suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I watched it and I was like, Quicksilver has a really nice bit in it. He's got a really good bit. And there's and there's allusions to the wilder universe. Where you know, we know a guy who moves metal. Oh, my mum used to know a, guy, know a guy who could do that. You know? Mm. You know? Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah, huh? Yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is beautiful. Yeah. Um, and just where Magneto is. Yeah. Why he's there. And what they think he did versus what he actually did. Yeah, yeah. Is, is very cool. So cool. It's very cool, yeah. And you're wondering... What was that other guy's mutant power? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it the bone <laughs> chicks? <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it, it leaves things, you know, you know I, no, I don't understand what Bishop's powers are at all. Um, I would hope maybe, we'll see what happens when they go into, there's a, a stay for the credits, there's a post-credits thing or that, very, it's very much like the Avengers thing or that, if you don't know the comics at all, you have no fucking yeah, clue no what's, fucking going what's going on. But when yeah. the camera pulls, pulls back and there's four guys on horseback, I was like, oh, nice touch. Yeah. But again, no one fucking knows what that means. But I could, you could at the it. screening that I went to, quite a few people knew that. Yeah, I overheard quite a few guys explaining to their girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, right? Um, and there's the chanting as well gives it away. Yeah, the chanting's cool. Yeah, and it's interesting. Like, they're not. Uh, there's been conflicting accounts whether whether they'll go forward because this sets it up in a way that they can do a sequel to X two or a sequel to First Class. Yeah, there's or many, they can do both. There's many directions, and I don't know why they shouldn't. And I just I hope they do. Yeah, because. The actors from the older movies are still young enough to pull shit up. Like fucking Hugh Jackman still can do whatever. Everyone else, they they can do yeah. another. They although, can do X Four. Although like Hugh Jackman, I'll put him in the same category as Robert Downey Jr. You you can only go so much further. Yeah. You know he's gonna get. I, I didn't. Mean, think, I, I, didn't I, I love them both as the characters, but you want them to bail before they before it becomes fucking Crystal Skull. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 But I don't. I don't. I think that they're. I hope they're clever enough that they can do that. Yeah. There's a. There's. A, I. I pulled it up and I had to because I remember this from. It was back in 2006. This fucking Newgrounds Flash movie was out and it was like the the dawn of the phoenix and it's like okay, you know Scott's telling everybody okay uh, the phoenix is back we're fucked. You got an error, right? Hmm? You got an error before you go. No. Oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> um. So there's, there's this point in this this little video is like right the phoenix is back. You know, it's like, hey, Gene, it's good you're back from the dead. How you doing? It's like, I'm okay. Pretty hungry. And then Beast turns away. He's like, like I can devour the universe. And like, all the flame comes up. But then it cuts to like, right, we're going to have to deal with Phoenix. So we'll, as usual, we'll break into three teams. First team will be myself, <laughs> Emma, Colossus, somebody else, and Wolverine. The second team will be Jubilee. Doesn't get to say anything. Someone, someone. And Wolverine. He's like, 
okay. And then the third team will be whatever, Gambit, somebody else, and also Wolverine's like, hang on a second, because Wolverine is in every fucking comic. Yeah. And then, like, you know, so A, we're gonna we're gonna go look for Gene, B, you defend the grounds of the mutant brotherhood, C, you go off to Europe for some reason. And like then Wolverine turns and is like, Hey, how's it going? I just ran in from Europe. <laughs> and he's a short guy doing the Canadian accent because it's he's Canadian. Yeah, he's Canadian. He's a but short it, Canadian. It, like, it's a thing that's always been there. We're launching a new X comic. Wolverine's in it. Yeah, standard. Um, and I think Hugh Jackman's not a bad cornerstone to build your movie franchise around. No, I don't think so. So yeah, definitely was it. Pause it. You're saying you're saying I should pause it. You're saying I should pause it. Yeah. You want to take a break? Yeah. So we got a. We don't need to pause. So anyway, <laughs> uh, my next review is uh, Tom Cruise star Edge of Tomorrow, which I saw during the week. It's uh, this weekend and uh, everywhere. Mm-hmm. So basically, basically, this is uh, Independence Day meets Groundhog Day. And if you've seen any of the trailers, you'll see that Tom Cruise dies pretty early. Yeah. And then restarts the day. Now, despite the kind of storytelling and editing tricks you could have in there, it's pretty standard to start with. There's basically an asteroid landed on Earth. These things come out of it. You've been fighting them ever since. They've taken over most of Europe. Tom Cruise's character is the main kind of face of the selling the invasion. Right. To get people, sorry, selling the selling the like the army to get people onto it. Right. Uh, Brendan Gleeson is commander. He's over in the U.S. After a minor disagreement, because uh, he, he's basically a chicken shit. Um, Who is Tom Cruise? Right. After a minor disagreement with uh, Brendan Gleeson, he gets busted down the private and sent to the front the day before the. Uh, invasion of they're going to basically restage D-Day right because the, the, the mimics as they're called have Europe locked down right um, and he's not happy about this and he's not in any way shape or form prepared if you see in the trailers there's basically these metal power suits they use yeah and uh, he doesn't even know how to turn the safety off right so he's fucked right and when he arrives on the beach on D-Day he's completely fucked yep. uh, Bill Paxton's a sergeant mm-hmm. which is kind of like what Hudson would be if he'd survived Right. It's kind of cool to see him in it. So he gets to the beaches. Shit goes south pretty quick. They get destroyed. He gets killed. But he gets killed. He encounters a certain type of mimic they've not seen before. Mm-hmm. And that reali- that, that's, where he reali- that, that's where he finds out the secret of why they've been losing to them. Time travel. Right. So he has inherited this ability. Now, this is the first 15 minutes, so you're not spoilers. Yeah. And he essentially, the composer said, live, die, repeat. Yeah. So the first few times he's like, what the fuck? Like, very much like Groundhog Day. And he's trying to figure out, what the fuck do I do? Can I get out of going? Like, at one point, he does get out of going. Like, I mean, he kind of gets better and better at what he's doing. But at one point, he, tries, he gets out of it. Mm-hmm. But once the invasion fails, everywhere falls. So there's no escape. Right. Um, until he meets Emily Blunt's uh, Rita. Who is Rita. <laughs> Rita's such a weird name for a modern character. I don't know any modern Rita's. It seems like it should be a 60s name. Yeah. But um, she's the angel of Verdun. She's mm-hmm. the one who won a ba- the only battle against the, the mimics. And essentially, that's because she went through the same experience he did. Right. So, they work together through the repeats mm-hmm. to try and figure out how can they defeat the menace. And from her previous repeats, at a certain point, she saw visions of right. the enemy's weak point. Right. And he's got to get to that. So, it's directed by Doug Lehman. Mm-hmm. Um, the repeat thing is set up. It's pretty funny. Like there's moments where he's just trying to get away and he's just hit by a truck. Mm. Like, like you know, just like it's like he's just like it's like, all right, we're all doing sit up push ups right now. Bill Pax is giving me shit. He's gonna roll into this truck and get away. Rolls into the truck and the truck just goes straight over the fucking dude. Right. And it's just like ha! Ah! Then he wakes up again. 
there's no Sony and Cher, but the more the the reason for the reset mm-hmm. is they call them resets. The reason for the reset is where the humor comes in, mm-hmm. and the way he deals with it, like the Scotties hate him from the because from the from the start he's branded the dessert, right? So he kind of fixes that up on different points, and the director does a he does a few cool things where you'll be pres- like you'll see the beach landing multiple times, you see it go set multiple times, mm-hmm. but then you'll also see a new when a new scene is introduced, you think oh he's trying something different, but then he'll do something that shows he's actually been through this. 50 times before. Right. So it's not the first time for him. And in the third act, they do have a, there is a limit to what he can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has to die. Uh, it's tied to his blood, basically. Right. So if he gets injured or bleeds out, he will no longer be able to reset the dead. Right. And, um, which is nice. They kind of, in the third act, to, for the final climax, he no longer has the ability to do it, which is nice, which is a good way, because otherwise there's no drama. It's like, oh, I can just do this over and over again. It's a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good, it's entertaining, it's funny, it's just not... You know, there's, like we're talking about Stargate now 20 years later. Yeah. I don't think anyone would be talking about this later. It's not an Aliens, it's not Starship Troopers. It's quite funny. The ending, you'll see it coming a fucking mile off. The way it's dealt with is still, it's still funny. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a moment where something happens and there's so much that needs to be said and it's just he's, he grins or uh-huh. giggles. Mm-hmm. And that works perfectly well in the, in the context of the movie. But it's not like... Uh, it's is Tom Cruise getting too old for this shit? No, no. He, he looks younger in this than he, he looks in some of the other stuff he's been in. He must have made a deal with the fucking devil yeah, or yeah, some yeah. shit. You know? All the devils. <laughs> he's basically the acting John Constantine. But, um, I mean, the parasites are cool as well, but, like, again, they rely on that in the first half mm-hmm. quite a bit, but they're just weapons platforms. You don't get to see them a lot. Of, like, There's not a lot of, like, using them badassly. They do a bit at the beginning, but once the third rack rolls around, everyone uses every... You know, it's like fucking Spider-Man. They use every excuse they can to get out of them. And uh, you know they keep it fresh. Um, it's just it's a good, solid Doug Lehman movie right. that is enjoyable and funny, and you'll enjoy it for the time. But it's not going to be one we're talking about years down the track. It's not going to linger in the minds too long. Right. Okay. And uh, Tom Cruise still got it. He still got it. Still got it. He's he's. I mean, it's a slightly different character in that he's a chicken shit from the off. Yeah, yeah. And when he starts being about a mean badass, and the first time he meets Rita, it's hilarious. It's just the, 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 the you know, the, the, they might have played up a bit in the trailers where it's like this kind of love story thing, but they don't really do that much in it. Yeah. And um, the first time they meet that. I hear that it's a very different role for Emily Blunt. Hmm. At the beginning, mm-hmm. she's quite good. But also, have you, seen, have you seen any photos of Final Fantasy? There's usually a dude with a huge sword. Yeah. She's got that fucking huge sword. She's, and they, they, they called her, I didn't, couldn't write this in the review because I wasn't sure, but basically, she's the full metal bitch. Right, right, right. So she starts off there. She softens quietly at some points, but she also, like, when, you know, when she starts training him, yep. there's points where, you know, he's fighting these machines, the, the training room, which are kind of similar to Squiddies, and he fall, he gets knocked on his ass numerous times, and eventually she's like, oh, I think I've broken my spine. Like, okay, it just shoots him in the fucking head. So the reset is where the humor comes in. Yeah. Because you never know when it's going to happen, and the way he deals with them is very humorous. I mean, it's very good, but, it, but it's, it's hard to see him working because he's always working. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Um, but yeah I enjoyed it I laughed out loud at many points through it it's just like you know you're hoping for a search of troopers or something you know what I mean I'll still I'll still drop in the, would you like to know more I didn't really have any lines from this that I think will stick with me yeah but uh, it's a solid summer movie it's just not going to set the world on fire okay cool well, yeah, cool. I definitely go see it though alright so finishing off oh sorry plugs um, if you like this bullshit we can find more of Gavin's writing at... Um, I write the film column for uh, Esquire magazine. 
Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at, uh, at Gavia. And I'm on Twitter as Nasty Prime. And uh, you can find my reviews, such as the ones we've done already, but in longer form, at both StarburstMagazine.com and uh, NerdSpan.com. Yeah. I've gone for NerdSpan. Starburst is now the short form because it's word count matters, mm-hmm. and NerdSpan is where, mm-hmm. where I go nuts. Um, I thought I was li- reliving Edge of Tomorrow because my review went live on Thursday and then disappeared yesterday. Afternoon. Apparently, uh, there's a bit of an embargo over there. Apparently so, yeah. Whereas in the in, over here, some reviews went live on Monday. Yeah. So, if you want to get in touch, you know, send us what you want. It's uh, podcast at mcgettonfries.com. Dot com. Podcast at, yep. <laughs> podcast at mcgettonfries.com. And we'll finish it off as we usually do with the Malaysian and US box office top 10. In Malaysia, at number 10, it's still two. No idea what that is. And uh, at number nine, Aberdeen. No idea. Number, number eight, eight, Bad, Bad Neighbors. Neighbors. This is the Zac Efron movie with, um, what's his name? Uh, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. Number seven, Super Stone. Number no six, Do You Want to Marry Me? Number five, Neo Wujud. It Exists. Number four, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Currently the, the least uh, earning in the franchise. Number three, Kocha Dayan. Number two, Godzilla. Number one, X-Men, Days of Future Past. Straight away. Yep. Wow. In the US box office top 10, number 10, we have Heaven is Real. It's for real. Number nine, Chef. Which I've is heard, out here. I've heard really good things. Yeah, about it's out here. It came out with no fanfare. Yeah. Number eight, Rio 2, which seems to be hanging on for no reason. Yep. Number seven, The Other Woman. Which sounds Kate, like... Kate Upton. But also sounds like a terrible sexist mess. Uh, number six, Million Dollar Arm, the sequel to Million Little Baby. Mm-hmm. Number five, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Number four, Neighbours, because Neighbours, they were afraid to brand that here in the UK as bad Neighbours, or as just Neighbours, because people think it was a soap. Yeah. Um, number three, Blended, another Adam Sandler mess. Number two, Godzilla. And at number one, X-Men Days of Future Past. So thank you very much for listening. We shall be... Talk to you again in a couple of months. Yeah, and if you want to get in on this whole podcast thing and you live in a place that has decent internet, give us a share of the podcast email address. We will set up a podcast. I'm going to try out a few people, see how you get on. We might get a revolving cast here going. Yep. Because I'm the one with infinite time and I'm in the same location all the time. (laughs) Thank you and good night. Bye.